Valverde. Good jagaloons. You're failures. Failures. Oh, you're embarrassing yourself, you geriatric fuck. Brandon. Two things. You keep your liver spotted hands off my beautiful mother. She's a saint. And then you sit down and you write Dale and Brennan a check for $10,000. Oh, or I'm going to shove one of those fake hearing devices so far up your ass. Brennan. You can hear the sound of your small intestine as it produces shit. Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. What's up? Yo, man, I brought my guitar, man. <laughs> okay, Sinbad. Come on, can I play? Uh, can I play? Can, you, can I play some? Uh, I'm going to play anyway, all right? Okay. Huh? <laughs> wow. I'm going to do it again. Watch, watch this. All right. That's all I got, man. Ooh. That's all I got. <laughs> That's hot. Huh. All right. Light up. Podcast show 228. And we got a doozy for you today. We are going to be talking about Pyro's collective tiers. Essentially, as a team of Pyro, we each do our individual tiers. The average of those that we combine together is our Pyro collective, and that is towing the company line. That is the rankings that we use for our Pyro Pro and the player rankings there. We use that as, well, we show everything in the draft kit, but our Pyro, our main tiers are, are the collective tiers on the draft kit. Uh, we're going to be submitting these tiers as our rankings of fantasy pros this week. So, good times all around. As usual, to my left, I have Houdini across the way from me. I got Stag Party. Dogmatica is not with us today. I am D-Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com. And we're really fired up to drop some knowledge, give you the fantasy goo. Another person that brings these Pyro tiers in with us is Pyromaniac Mo. Um, he's not with us either, but just know that the Pyro Collective and these tiers that we're going to be going through today are the average of Houdini, Stag Party Dog, myself, D-Rex, and Pyromaniac Mo. What well, up? the other thing I think is totally cool about it is we all come up with our own tiers on our own. You know, we're sitting there and we're doing our own work the minutiae of all of the numbers and the, the things that we each like about different players. But I love when we get together and then we have the discussion because this is where you're either going to get some validation or you're going to say, oh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little bit, maybe am I too high on this guy or am I too low on a certain guy? And it, and it kind of makes you bring everything into a full focus and it rounds everything up. Now, we have this is a distinct advantage because normally when you're doing fantasy football, if you're in the league with a bunch of guys, you're not going to be comparing where you have guys ranked. <laughs> but that's, that's, a, that's a nice aspect of uh, having the, the If you are, you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, well, I'm great. You said validating. I'm very excited that this show is going to validate my placement of Tony Romo and Kirk Cousins. There you go. We're <laughs> <laughs> the exact opposite. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Well, what I think we're going to do today, and there's actually some amazing news that's come out. There's a lot, as always, a lot of NFL news that's happening. So we'll mention that stuff inter- intermittently through while we're talking about our tiers. Um, some injuries out there, some moves that have happened, and... Pretty crazy. As usual, NFL, always a moving target. But where we're going to start on this is going to be with the wide receivers. We're going to do our best for these early tier guys, not to sit here and mumble and bumble and talk too much about obvious guys in tier one and tier two, because uh, you've listened to our show before and we go through and we're like, oh, 40 minutes in, and we talked about the same eight cast, eight characters as usual. So we won't do that today, but we're going to start at the wide receiver position, get into the goo, tier one, and and, um, that's three players we've got in there, ranked one through three. Antonio Brown being the ranked number one guy. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is ranked number two in Tier 1. And Julio Jones rounds out that at ranked number three in Tier 1. Um, you know, again... I don't. I have my tiers I, a little bit different. Um, actually, no. No, you don't. We, we all we all have the same. But all have the same one, except yeah. for Mo had one different. But okay. I, I think this is what's interesting about this tier is, is to think of this tier in this regard. The NFL and fantasy has changed, right? And we were discussing how these wide receivers have just been a different impact than where you normally would be drafting running backs. These are the three wide receivers that you can feel confident taking within the first three picks of the first six picks of the draft. They are locked into the first six yeah. picks. Yeah, the draft. they're gone. And their ADP is locked in at the top six picks of the draft. These are the guys who are consensus number ones. If you put any of these guys at number one on your board, you're not doing anything wrong. But collectively, Antonio Brown's just the best of the bunch, most consistent. The second most consistent guy is actually Odell Beckham. The things he's able to do, you know, on a weekly basis, either a touchdown or 100 yards receiving in 22 of 29 games, that's just downright impressive. Um, and Julio, Julio, you know, gets a little bump with no Josh Norman in his division anymore. But also, we've got to see that offense come together. We've got to see him catch more touchdown passes because he's only caught double-digit touchdown passes once in his career. Yep. The one thing I love about him, though, is he last year was. From a, a top positional weeks, which is a piece that we've been putting on our site, and it's a kind of a Pyro Pro piece that we've been giving out for free just to show you how awesome some of the stuff we're, we do in the premium packages. Uh, Julio is the guy that had, of the 16 weeks, he had the most top positional weeks. We know that Odell Beckham got injured uh, or, or suspended, uh, so he missed um, he missed the week. Uh, but uh, he had 10 top positional weeks, which just means he was top 12 for the wide receiver position. And the second most, actually, is Brandon Marshall. But I think we all foresee a drop-off on him. Well, let's move on to the next one. Unless you guys have anything, um, you know, really, really big worth mentioning, I think the one drop-off for... The only thing I worry about with Antonio Brown is I like Antonio Brown a lot more with Martellus, uh, Martavis Bryant. Uh, I just do. Uh, I think the volume was there with him or without him, but I think that just the open, the way the field opens and uh, how they really have to uh, plan for Martavis helps Antonio Brown. And another thing with Antonio Brown, which is still, he's my number one guy. Big Ben, he can't seem to get through. Uh, he seems to always be banged up. Like it's if if he's out. Last year, what was it, Vic? And he was eight, he was he had a shitty few games when Vic came in, uh, and then he did a little bit better in one that Landry might have played. Yeah, but then Big Ben came back literally five weeks earlier than planned and toughed it out, and that's something you love about Big Ben. But if Big Ben goes down, 
trouble city for Antonio Brown, as we saw last year. So you're hoping for the best. Injuries are going to affect anybody. But uh, let's go to Tier 2 there. Um, tier 2 is uh, four guys, five guys, um, and it's DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Nook, good old stag parties guy, um, and then we got the number five well, ranked wide receiver is Houdini, and my guy, Desbian, uh, Des Bryant, Allen Robinson. Wow, what a what a what a, what movement that guy's made from 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 one year going into his third year in the league. Yep, uh, just to be considered that elite, uh, what a stud. Uh, then. Uh, the next guy you've got at number seven is AJ Green, and following that at number eight is Jordy Bryant, Jordy Nelson. Um, is it fine if I just mention them all, or should I do it? Should we no, do no, it one I, at a time? I think it's fine because okay. I think these guys again. I think this is a, a solid tier of players here, um, where you're looking at guys that you're going to be drafting toward the end of the first round in your in your draft and into the second round, and and I think that this tier is a perfect cutoff here because what all of these guys have in common is. All these guys are touchdown catchers. All these guys have had double-digit touchdown seasons. So these are guys again that it's a, it's a solid. If you're not if you're missing out on those top three, this is a solid group to get because you can easily anchor yourself because of the fact that you get the combination of yardage and touchdowns and the potential for big-time touchdown seasons. And the thing that they also have in common is they have had a top four wide receiver finish at the end of the season under their belt. Mm-hmm. Every single one of these guys has proven to be a top five-ish wide receiver for a prolonged amount of time. And that just gives you some safety. Jordy Nelson's finished as high as number two. A.J. Green's finished as high as number three. Uh, Allen Robinson was up there at number three last year. Des Bryant's finished number two or three in his career. DeAndre Hopkins was up there like number three last year. You know, And depending on your scoring system, these are guys who have potential to catch 90-plus passes as well. Uh, these guys are just volume receivers, true number ones on their own team, and number one anchors for the eight fantasy teams that are lucky enough to get you know a top one or two tier wide receiver. Well, you are in our mock draft, which was two shows ago, I think that was episode 226. If you haven't heard it, Pyro Podcast is the mock draft 12 team. Check that out. Um, we do that for our draft kit, uh, which is a part of that. Check that out as well. Um, I'll do a Pyro promo a little bit later on that. But uh, you had DeAndre as the 12th pick. So that was the first pick on your um, back-to-back there. And you went DeAndre, and I think you went Allen Robinson then yep. too. Oh, so just talking about that, how did, you, how did you feel about that at the end of your draft when you start off with that kind of tandem? Were you in hog heaven? Or at the end of it, were you like, eh, I wish I could have, I should, should I have gone with one of those running backs or something Well, the else? thing is, tier one and tier running, two running backs were gone. So that leaves you picking from the best of your tiers, uh, and you basically use that. You know that's just where it's going to go. A lot of people in the wraparound are able to get either DeAndre and Dez, or DeAndre and Allen Robinson, or Allen Robinson and Dez, or AJ Green. Even those are guys that are all sort of right there at the end of the second round. That you know, in a two wide receiver league, you draft these two guys and you set it and you forget it. You might be able to go run and shoot a little later. You know, picking for your flex. But that just gives you an advantage to not pick a wide receiver for nearly the rest of the draft, unless you want to. Um, but it just gives you the, the solidity of you know picking two great players. And if you're playing in PPR leagues, you, you can't do any better. Um, in standard leagues, there's a little more to worry about um, just because top positional weak percentage you know skews more towards running backs than it does towards wide receivers. 
Uh, the best running backs are going to have better top position week percentages than the top receivers. So when you're talking about you know bust rates, that's one thing you're looking at. Yeah, but at the same time, what I love about these receivers is these are the receivers that can also win you a week. Yeah, definitely. These are the receivers that can have the potential for 150 plus yards and two or three touchdowns. Yep. So you know when I'm weighing that versus that steadier running back now who's all mostly in committees. I'm, I feel great when I'm going after guys like these. Wouldn't you agree, though, that and, and we have him as the number four guy, but, uh, wouldn't you say that DeAndre Hopkins is, is the least explosion factor guy out of these? He's, he's awesome. He's got a high ceiling, but he's also the most consistent out of all these guys. Am I wrong? I mean, I, I know I had him on my team last year. I just can't remember him ever having that, like, just absolute ginormous game. He had very big games, but... Um, you know, so I agree with you that all these guys can win you the weeks, but I feel like Nelson is just whoa. You know, he can just go off and mm-hmm. literally throw up a forty-point game on his own. AJ does it two, twice every year. Robinson as well. Des Bryant is a beast like that. And again, I love DeAndre Hopkins, but uh, maybe maybe a little bit lower of a ceiling for week to week. DeAndre Hopkins had three games with over twenty fantasy points in standard leagues last season, so I think he's also got that part of his game. Plus, he's got a different quarterback, you know. And if you're playing in PPR leagues, his ceiling's actually higher than those guys because he can catch 12, 13 passes yeah. in a game, yeah. and maybe Des is doing it on six or seven. True, but I think yeah. that that's also one of the things that's we don't. There's one great unknown about DeAndre, and that's what is the Brock Osweiler effect going to be, and the fact that you've brought in Lamar Miller and you're, you're still being a team that's going to be committing to the run, but the other benefit that he has, there's nobody else there. Yeah, and well, I think there's more now that can help my love of Braxton Yeah, but they're Miller. all young. Braxton Miller, Will Fuller. I think it helps him. I think yeah, it helps him. And and I think the one thing, hurt. I agree with you with Osweiler, it's, it's either going to be a good season for him or an atrocious season. I don't see him having, like, a great year. Uh, I think he, it, it, it could be it could be tough a little bit for uh, for Hopkins in that, but we like him. He's actually I was reading this week that he's bulked up a little bit. Um, he's trying to be better after the catch because last year we talked on the show many times. He's awesome because he can catch uncatchable passes and he can he can he can make things happen like no other guy with his hands and his body. But with the ball in his hands, he goes down easy. There's not much yak with him. I'll tell you what we know about the Larry Fitzgerald school. Uh, when is Steve Smith going to open up his school for small receivers and slight guys? You know, and then show you how to just face chuck a guy. Oh, I hope we see more of that. Hopefully, you're, he's healing and getting back on there. Is there anything um, you guys want to talk about? I think Nelson, quick mention. They're saying that he's going to just kind of not do anything this offseason. We've talked about that a, a couple shows ago. Basically, Jordan Nelson, you're not going to really hear anything but coach speak and, and he, hearsay about him from now until the start of the season. They're he's, not he's hanging play. out in black and white by a tree. Just dreaming of Green Bay. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there's, wasn't that like some sort of Wizard of Oz theme? It was a Wizard of Oz theme, and it was the, a Wisconsin travel ad. Good God. They yeah. have great travel ads. <laughs> yeah, they do. It makes me want to go there all the more. And uh, I know we're going. It's so close. <laughs> Dez needs Romo. Allen Robinson, we've talked, we think uh, he's probably up. He's probably in for a touchdown re- uh, reduction, but we think that he can just overall uh, be a better player. And uh, I've said it on the show way too many times. I saw a lot of plays where he was open and could have made a lot of good things happen, and Bortles didn't get him the ball. Uh, anything else to say about Tier 2? All right, let's go wide receiver, Tier 3. In this one, we've got six guys. And I think, I think we've done a great job kind of 
clumping these guys together because I think the previous tier, I'd be happy kind of almost equally with any of those guys. There's not one guy that just is, is, is stands out way above the rest for me. Um, and on this one, I, I kind of feel the same way. I guess the very bottom, it's a little less exciting to me, but we started out tier three, number nine, pretty impressive. Keenan Allen is sitting there at ranked number nine. Mike Evans, wide receiver for the Buccaneers, is at number 10. Alshon Jeffrey at number 11. Brandon Cooks, 12. Brandon Marshall, 13. And Demarius Thomas, 14. What do you guys think about uh, tier three? And is there any guy that you're really pining for? It's a very interesting tier to me. Because you have, uh, I, I look at, there's kind of two sides to this tier. You have the young up-and-comers who, are you going to take that next big leap forward? Mike Evans is the guy that everyone, uh, well, I was one of the guys that thought he was going to take that leap forward last year, and, and he just dropped everything. So he's got a great opportunity to now, you know, improve his stock. Keenan Allen's the biggest one. I, I mean, I have him high, me and Dog have him the highest, I think, at, uh, at, at eight. At eight. And... I look at Allen and I saw what he was doing with Philip Rivers last year, and he is a great route runner, and he's just he's got great hands. He does have a penchant to be able to catch touchdown passes. You do have an aging Antonio Gates there, so um, you have a Melvin Gordon who's got a knee issue. You have uh, so there's there's all these different factors that that Allen could be set up to just have a huge year. But what was the problem last year? He got hurt. So you know again we can't we can't worry about the injury factor, but I mean you got to keep it in your mind, but. So he's one of these guys that we don't know. We haven't seen what that full potential is on a year. And then on the converse converse side of it, the, conversely, you have like Brandon Marshall, a guy who has done it year after year after year after year. Uh, but right now we don't know what the situation is going. Is it going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick? Or if it's not, then, oh, crap, are we into the Geno Smith and all this? And, well, we're going to have a, a blow-up Brandon year where he just blows up crazy Shit ever Lock, locker room brand. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the one thing when you say that the Jets and even the guy himself, Fitz Magic, doesn't it sound like Fitz Magic realizes he's not getting the money he wants, um, and he probably doesn't want to gamble and wait for a quarterback to go down on a contender or any quarterback and sign something. It kind of sounds like Bulls. The Jets, even Fitzpatrick himself saying, I'm playing this year. Uh, all those players on the team, I don't know, it was Brandon Marshall or Decker said, I expect Fitzmagic to be our quarterback week one. Kind of sounds like Fitzmagic's coming back pretty soon. Bulls said, I want him here before training camp. That to me says, hey, quit dicking around. Owner, get him the money. Go eat, meet in the middle, fuck faces. Let's do this. Um, you know, you sitting around for the next th- two months and then doing this helps no one. Uh, we're a good team, uh, and we need we need our best quarterback to get to where we possibly could go this year. Wouldn't you agree? Doesn't isn't the writing on the wall that Fitzmagic is probably going to be signing with them sooner than later? Yeah, a little bit. But the thing is, why hasn't he signed yet? Is he just being you know that? Confident in himself that something else is gonna, you know, show up to where maybe he gets a nice deal, or is he just now waiting out for the money that's no longer there? I mean, I think he's holding out. I bet you by holding out right now, he's gonna get himself another two, three million dollars this year. He's not gonna get, you know, he what he wanted what sixteen, and they were at like eight or nine. So he's gonna get like twelve, and he's like, all right, let's do this. It's better. I got three million. When was the last time you were able to get $3 million in a year or more? <laughs> Fuck faces. God damn, I hate our lives. FML. <laughs> Dick. The guy goes to Harvard. He's going to be able to do whatever he wants afterwards, and he gets an extra $3 million, but deserve it. Um, 
Yeah, Brandon Marshall is one of those guys where we talked. We we talk about it, uh, how he, he's he's low on people's radar, and every year he falls down. This is the year, and the ADP and the mocks are showing that he's still going super high. So I feel like the value is not really there with him. But is he not going to have a good year? No, he's going to be awesome again. It's just what he does. This guy's an ageless wonder. Well, and I think all of these guys, you know, we're into the part two where it's like I really want to get as we were talking about those first two tiers. I really want to have at least one, if not two, of those guys if I can. I agree. Um, you know, that's why, you know, going that wide receiver, wide receiver, because in this tier, there are still there are still some question marks. Demarius Thomas, yeah, we know what Demarius Thomas can be, but who's quarterback in there now? So is it gonna be a rookie Paxton Lynch that's gonna be throwing the ball? In? And I think that we all agree. Emmanuel Sanders is the one that's gonna get hurt more so. Uh, by this situation, but it's, it's still potentially a problem for Demarius as well. Well, Demarius' stats with Brock Osweiler in the game, he would have been on pace for 1,118 receiving yards, 88 catches, and he would have scored 10 touchdowns in games that Brock, you know, over a 16-game slate. So he's going to be fine. I'm not worried about Demarius. I mean, the thing that I well, am, Brock's not there anymore. They got it's, it's, but that's it's, just it's more worse. Maybe. That's more of a. Statement towards Demarius than it is a statement. Well, but I also think the talent of Brock Osweiler. But you also are getting this the point of like an eleven hundred yard season with ninety catches. That means you're not you're not gaining a ton of yards. You know he's not getting the the huge after the catch runs and things like that. That's what I worry about in those quarterback situations. It's just that you know at least with Keenan Allen, Philip Rivers may not be the best fantasy quarterback anymore. But man, when the guy wants to chuck it, he'll chuck it, and he throws one of the best lead passes out there in football. Um, Alshon Jeffrey in this in this category, and he's got Jay Cutler. We all know about you know the ups and downs of Cutler. Mike Evans, well, we'll see what happens with Jameis Winston in year two. Brandon Cooks is probably in the best situation with Drew Brees. Yep. Um, you know, and then Marshall with with what he's got in Demarius. I, I mean, I don't know. See, all these guys have downside. Keenan Allen can't really stay healthy. He hasn't put a full season together mm-hmm. since his rookie year, and that's a little bit concerning. Is he going to be more? Is he going to be an eight to ten touchdown guy, or is he going to get to? 12 to where it could be an elite fantasy option. Uh, with Alshon, or with Mike Evans, you know, he's gone from 12 touchdowns to three touchdowns. Where do those numbers sort of mesh together? Because he's had two big yardage seasons under his belt. Is he going to catch more passes because he was one of the more, you know, unreliable receivers? Alshon's just a guy who, for the first time in his career, really battled injuries. Now, can he take that soft tissue injury and recover? And then Jay Cutler, you know, the development of Coven White, what is this offense? Mm-hmm. You know, with a new offensive coordinator, this this team has, a, you know, some transition questions. And then there's Brandon Cooks, who doesn't really have any transition questions, but he's small of stature. Is he going to get more than eight or nine touchdowns in a season? Is he going to get up into the 1,400-yard range where it doesn't matter if he only scores eight or nine touchdowns? And then Brandon Marshall. And can he pull it together for a whole season? Yeah. So yeah, far, he's, 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 he seems to be like an eight guy. He's a dud for eight, and then he explodes for eight, or he comes out blazing, and then he goes. He's not. He can't really be. He's not a consistent player. And if he can do that, then he's a lethal weapon that I was hoping he could be at coming out of college. You know, the one thing that we should let be known on this tier two, and we were all, I think, shocked by this. Um, tier two or tier three? Well, uh, tier two and tier three. Uh, I meant round two. Oh. Uh, Basically, these guys in Tier 2 and even feeding into uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, and Alshon Jeffrey in 12-man leagues, these are second-round draft picks. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, that is that is a lot different than seasons past. You know, you were getting these kind of guys er, early, mid, late third round. Mm-hmm. So it's basically in fantasy football, all these guys have been pushed up almost a half a round or more. Um, so something to consider the reason why the way the position and the wide receiver is going a lot earlier. It's not like 12 running backs are off the board in fantasy football drafts anymore. The truth is 12 wide receivers are. I think that's absolutely true, but I think what's also interesting about that is we'll see. It's also just gotten such so much deeper than it ever was before. So you can say, you know what? I'm, I'm getting to the point where the, the all those top eight guys we talked about are gone, and the, this is the tier that's left there. And you're sitting there, and maybe everyone's been because everyone's been going after these wide receivers, and you're, you have a choice where you can grab a Keenan Allen, a Mike Evans, or an Alshon, or Holy cow, for some reason, a Doug Martin is still available or yeah. one of these top running backs. And you're going to go, you know what? And that's where sometimes bucking the trend as we, you know, play the contrary and everyone's going this way. Go ahead and grab that. You, you know that you, you may end up missing out on the next six or seven or eight wide receivers that go off the board. But as you're going to discuss, as we're going to discuss here over the next half hour, you're going to find that it goes pretty good down for about another three or four tiers. Yeah. Especially, I like the next tier a lot. Getting over to tier four. Let's, we move got, in, let's move into it. We got Sammy Watkins, we got Amari Cooper, we got T.Y. Hilton, we got Jarvis Landry, uh, Julian Edelman, and Kelvin Benjamin. I like this tier a lot better, the, too. <laughs> this, these guys all have an interesting mix. Let's get to the Sammy Watkins news real quick. You know, he suffered an injury last week. He's going to need some surgery, so he's supposed to be out three, four months. I'm not too concerned. I might dump, jump him down three or four spots in my tiers, but he's not going to move out of the top. 15 wide receivers for me. He should end up, you know, right right about where he is now at wide receiver 15. Um, the thing is, he's the only guy in that offense in the passing game. I'm, I'm not too worried about Charles Clay. I'm definitely not worried about Robert Woods. All the rest of the receiver there are mash. But there was just a point last season when he meshed with Tyrod Taylor that they started going deeper down the field. And then Sammy Watkins was the top five wide receiver, you know, for the last handful of weeks of the season. He's got that type of potential in an offense that's going to center him as the wide receiver one with no one else around. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, I think Amari Cooper, I'm a little down on him right now, but I think I'm kind of starting to come back around on this team a little bit. There's, there seems to be a lot of players there, but Cooper's going high, third rounder these days. Out of those kind of next guys, T.Y. Hilton, to me, uh, I, he's a boomer bust. There's going to be weeks that he's going to dud in your face and do nothing for you, but I do like the way that he can have that explosion element to him. I'm a T.Y. guy. He's pretty high in my tiers for sure. I got him. I've got T.Y. ranked number 10 out of my tiers, which I know is high, and I know that that's a risky. He's not a consistent play. It's a boomer bust week to week, but when he's booming with some of the other kind of elements that I can put on a team, I'm really liking that guy. I'm going to put my nutsack on your drum set, okay? <laughs> See, the major question was T.Y., is he in, is he a seven-touchdown guy every season? Five, seven, five, seven so far in his career? Or can he maybe take it to the next level and get eight, eight or nine touchdowns? Because he's going to have 1,100 to 1,200 to 1,300 yards for you. He's done it pretty much every season of his career. I think you can definitely kind of think that I think this is the year where he can step it up to that higher level. Look, you, we had Andrew Luck <laughs> with all of the, the, the horribleness, and then he was gone from last season. So you're going to have him there uh, coming back with something to prove. I definitely think that, that T.Y. has that ability. And now that you are not bringing in another old 
Andre Johnson and these other guys that you're trying to, to, to get something out of, I think he is now solidified into his role, um, and, um, and, and that's going to open things up. You no longer have the duel. It's Dwayne Allen and Kobe Fleener at tight end. So we've eliminated, we've, they've kind of cleared a lot of paths for him, I think, to have a much better and more impactful season this year. The thing is with T.Y., when Andrew Luck was out of the lineup last season, he averaged 14 yards less a game. He, you know, his touchdown rate was pretty much cut in half. You know, Andrew Luck comes back, and nothing else really matters there. Uh, he's going to have, you know, 1,200, 1,200 yards right around there, and he'll be in the – should he stay healthy. I mean, he's a slight frame guy, but he's done it pretty much every season of his career, staying fairly healthy. He's a deep threat who could, you know, it's first and ten. He could take it 80 yards. So those of you in, uh, you know, bonus big play leagues, he's got that sort of advantage. T.Y.'s a guy I really like. The only concern I have is touchdowns. Can he score a couple more and maybe take his value into being a top 10, top 12 receiver? I think for him, it's a hung, it's a hungry year for him where it's a kind of a make or break year for him on salary-wise and, 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 and just kind of making it. Oh, T.Y.'s already been paid. He, he did get paid. You're right. Um, but I think for him, it's more maybe not salary as much as, as like ego – is he elite? Is he this kind of middle, middling kind of guy that just happens to be on a team that uh, with the, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, or is he one of these game changers and difference makers at the position? Also, they, the team expects him, and it pay, has paid him to be that way. Also, along with that, is he better than Dante Moncrief and Philip Dorsett? You know, two up and coming wide receivers who have speed to burn themselves. Yeah. Can he, you know, separate himself from those two guys? For the long term, proved to be the number one option for those guys for a couple years. So, you know, going back to uh, Amari Cooper quickly, you know, he had that injury at the end of the season that really slowed him down, but it was one of those unpublicized injuries where they weren't telling us what was going on. Was it something serious? Was it like an ankle sprain that he was playing through? Or what was it? Because he also had one of the highest drop rates in the league last year. Oh, yeah. And that's what the most concerning part was. Is because he was supposed to be a polished wide receiver coming out of Alabama who didn't drop the ball and who could do it on a immense load of targets. But he was closer to Michael Crabtree than many of us thought last year. Oh, yeah. No, I agree with the, the catches. That, that was something that no one thought was going to be happening. And Crabtree's better than people people thought. And I don't know. We'll see. they got a tough strength to schedule in that regard. But Amari, hopefully, I feel like he's guys working on his game. He's not someone that's like, oh, I had a great year. I'm going to be sweet. Um, Jarvis Landry, it's surprising. These next three guys are a little surprising for me. I personally don't want any of them on my team, especially with the news that um, Edelman is is banged up. He's what, what's his issue? Is it foot again? Or he, he had foot he had that foot surgery at the end of the season, but it seems like he's back and ready to go. But the thing is, we when have we seen Edelman without Tom Brady? Who is Julian Edelman without Tom Brady? Can he you know make things happen on his own? Or is he de- dependent on a quarterback getting him the ball quick on a three-yard out and then gaining seven to ten yards after the catch? This is something that I have a little bit of unknown with. But also that offense added you know, a boatload of different weapons. They might not be elite, but there's a boatload of different weapons um, for them to throw to now. You know, you got Nate Washington, you got Chris Hogan, you got Malcolm Mitchell, you got Martellus Bennett, you got Deion Lewis back in the fold. You know, all these guys are just guys to potentially take targets away from Julian Edelman. 
And, you know, Danny Amendola still remains. There's a lot. Chris Hogan's now in town. There's a lot of guys there. Yeah, I agree. Sorry uh, if you hear a little clamoring in the background. My dog is super annoying today, but I can't blame her because I was out all day at the office and got home right before we pressed record. We're always hungry to get going on the show, so she's gotten just... Very little love, so she's sitting here well, trying no, to walk said, around. She said, "Dog's not here. You need a dog." <laughs> Let me breathe on this microphone for a little while. And to my right is Daisy, <laughs> the dog. Um, well, Jarvis Landry, interesting. I know you're super high on Calvin Benjamin because you took him pretty high in that mock draft. Yeah. Um, he's. And what's crazy for me though is that he's a guy that has just steadily gone up and up as in recent ADPs. Um, he was a guy that was in like 25, 26, 27. I think last I checked on the calculator, uh, it was 16. So, you yeah. know, it, what's, what stinks is that you're not getting the value there, but I'm still a big believer in Calvin Benjamin because what does he have? He's got the size. He also does not have a lot of competition at the position. He's a guy who, who did have 1,000-yard season, did have double-digit touchdowns as a, as a rookie. Nine touchdowns. Was it nine touchdowns? Okay. It was well, close. Never, <laughs> never a burner, so his injury... <laughs> to say the his, least. Yeah, his injury... Right, so it's, it's not, it's not something that's going to affect him. element of his game away. No, and, and he's going to be a guy, especially when we also see how much Cam Newton improved as a quarterback last year. You know, being able to serve in the field and not, and now that he's got all that big money they, and they're not looking to get him hurt and he's not looking to run at every opportunity anymore, that's more chances for Kelvin Benjamin and he will be a red zone option for him. The thing is, I don't think Cam Newton improved at all. Uh, his completion percentage was still the same, his number of sacks taken was still the same. The only thing he did was actually throw more touchdowns and then run for more, which was what he had early in his career. But as a quarterback, he didn't really improve. Well, what was his interception total? Because I think I think his interceptions went down. He just he had better command he went from twelve to ten, but his touchdowns nearly doubled. There was an expert. Well, that's, on the but NFL. that's the whole point. He's always been a running quarterback. So that's how do you develop your game? Double your touchdowns. The offense just took a step forward to yeah. where he was able to score more touchdowns. What's crazy they were though the, is the absolute best team in the red zone last season in terms of scoring percentage. That's something that usually doesn't stay the same year to year. Yeah, we're all very high on Cam Newton here. So yeah. and, I mean, and, I'm saying a little bit of regression is true, but at the same time, he did that with with no Kelvin Benjamin. He did it with Jericho Cotri and Devin Funches. And I forget the expert Ted said Jim. it on NFL Network this week, but he's like, I can see Cam Newton having being the first quarterback with sixty total touchdowns. Uh, it, Say what? Yeah, he said. I mean, I'm not saying I agree with it, but it's just like he, if you're even saying that, that's got to throw for at least 48. Yeah, uh, that's not gonna happen. I agree. Come on, come I that's agree. not gonna happen. Well, I don't know what is gonna happen. I think you took on the shape of a unicorn. By the way, one of my least favorite sayings is when a girl calls herself a unicorn. They've seen that little white bar, that little whiteboard thing where they, that unicorn status of a woman that's just lets you do anything and is awesome and is the ten on the scale. It's like the doesn't, hot crazy scale? yeah, doesn't doesn't ex, doesn't exist. And then <laughs> a girls that call themselves a unicorn, it's like you're the opposite. You're more of a black unicorn. <laughs> mm, I'm more of another. Dad, we're men, okay? That means a few things. We like to shit with the door open. We talk about pussy. 
We go on riverboat gambling trips. We make our own beef jerky. That's what we do. And now that is all wrecked. We literally have never done any of those things. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking, Deanie? Uh, I'm trying something new today. I saw this in the store. It's a, sh- a Chicago uh, beer. Uh, Empirical Brewery. Infinity IPA. Infinity. Uh, I was drawn by the uh, by the galaxy on the on the label. Okay, so is it you're using galaxy hops? I assume. Hell, oh, fine. Right. Empirical <laughs> Brewery. Never heard of it. Amen. Yeah, real, real trippy. Dark side of the IPA. Um, I'm getting started to get very boring, and I'm doing the Chicago Pale Ale Fist City. Um, that's my jam these days. Revolution Brewing. Uh, good, good stuff. Oh, um, we know where these guys are. These are up. Uh, this is 1800 West Foster. All right. So it's Ravenswood and Foster. There's another brewery that's about to open up called Dev- Dovetail Brewing that's about to open up right there in Ravenswood as well. I like a There's Dovetail There's a brewery b- popping up inside my house sometime soon. They're going everywhere. Um, these, it's, it's unbelievable. But God bless. Have a val- happy Valverde to you, my friend. Um, you know what I'm going to do quickly is I'm going to quickly do a pyro promo. Um, and uh, in this one, it's the, uh, the draft kit. A pyro draft kit, we are on the verge, the evening maybe of, I won't put any pressure on stags, but I believe in the next day, maybe tomorrow or the following day, we are going to be drafting, we are going to be releasing version 3 of the pyro phase football draft kit. The thing is a lethal weapon, it's a weapon of mass destruction, 23 tabs that are just absolutely dominating everything from tiers to strength of schedule to uh, these collective tiers that we're working on will be in there. You'll be able to see our individual tiers, uh, all of them for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. You'll be able to have a row to add your own tiers next to each of our own. And uh, it's it's a badass, badass piece. I love you. Houdini just added some new sleepers and busts into the mix. We've got player rankings and pros and cons for that's far a, too many players. That's a great point to bring up, though. Like um, We have these side articles and things in there, so sleepers and busts. We're updating that every single version. Yeah, every so release. there were guys that were in there earlier, but you know what? You're not a sleeper anymore. Well, yeah. something changed. You're not a bust. Okay. It's 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 ever-evolving, so we're, we are growing and changing and evolving with the off-season as, as it develops. So it's a growing, it, they call that a growing document. And that this is just that. Uh, we've got a ton of players in there. Now there's more stuff uh, since the draft that we uh, have to consider, which is great. So there's stuff from your stats uh, with, with the players in the draft and uh, new players in the rankings that are going to be rookies. So just awesome. And that's just the start of it. There's all sorts of crazy charts like touchdown dependency, something the Stag Party refers to all the time. Um, you know, just check it out. It's 20 bucks. If you bought version one, you got version two automatically sent to you a month ago. You'll get you'll automatically get find in your email box the minute we release it, version three. You're gonna get four, five, six, and I literally I was kind of I think there's gonna be another four or five versions because we're putting one out every month, and then we try and do it. Stag party blows his head off, <laughs> uh, which is I respect to you. Here's a respect, stag party. Amen. We know what you put into that thing, and um, Excel. I saw your tweet the other day. Excel has has got the best. To you, uh, but Two for, days in a row. for our audience, man, this thing there's nothing like it. We got about eight people that are giving a bunch of different content and information. Stag Party takes all the ingredients and bundles it together. Um, this thing is all you need. How to, many tabs again? I think it's 23. So you're, you know, I added another one. I don't know. So <laughs> for, for, for 20 bucks, you get you get it's less than a dollar a tab. Yeah. 
And, and, and all the extra uh, side articles and things that we have as well. Also, all of our draft strategies that, that, that come in there as well, right? Well, we, oh, we're, we're released, yeah, we're well, released later. later. No, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not all there, but yeah. it will be. And Exactly. Like you said, each time we're adding new wrinkles and the onion that gets peeled back more. So check it out. Pick it out. 20 bucks now. You'll get every version. There's no reason to wait till a version, uh, you know, in August because, oh, that's when it's going to be the most complete. No reason to do that. You're already going to get it. So get yourself going. You know, we're, we're talk, we always talk about championships are a year-round process. You should be reading this thing, all the pros and cons for every player. Start working on your tiers. The whole thing you do is to read this draft kit, take the other information from the tools out there, and be crafting these tiers like we're talking about. That is all you need to be doing to go into your podcast. So... Uh, what we're going to do is, uh, in a second, we were going to get into tier number five. All right. Tier number five here at wide receivers, and this is uh, wide receiver ranked 21 through 27, and it starts out with Jeremy Macklin. And uh, then we go into who's ranked number 21, 22 is Randall Cobb. Then Jordan Matthews is 23. 24 is going to be Michael Floyd. 25 is Eric Decker, 26 is Golden Tate, and Emmanuel Sanders rounds that out with 27. Um, go it, ahead, Dini, what do you got to say? say you, it, it looks like a ragtag bunch in, in this group, doesn't it? It's like these it's are, a drop. There's certainly a drop off, but there's one guy in here that I just really am starting to get high on. Well, what, what's interesting to me is that all of these guys have had pundits or everybody else, or they've had everyone love them and have had. Some great seasons, yet now it's this is this is almost a, a year for all these guys. What's to expect? Yeah. Uh, you know, the guy who I think is at the top of the tier, uh, Jerry Macklin, is a guy who I was so concerned about last year. And welcome to my world. Uh, okay, <laughs> but he still didn't he still didn't have that huge top off like like you thought he was. But he, I think he's going to have a better chance now uh, in his second year in Kansas City. A guy like Randall Cobb, who just fell off the table last year. Jordan Matthews, we're going to have to see what's going to happen to him in the Doug Peterson-type offense, you know, where it's not the Chip Kelly offense. Uh, Michael Floyd came out like gangbusters at the end of the year, but here's a guy that has taunted and teased you as a fantasy owner ever since he's come into the league. Yeah, he He, gave you a little bit of a slap and tickle last year. uh (laughs) He's the guy, though, out of all these guys. There's something that says that he's going to elevate his game the most out of all these players. He's the one that you you have the most excitement I I, I do. I think he needs it. It's a career year. Um, I don't think he's going to be sticking around in Arizona, in all honesty. I think he's going to play himself into a ton of money. Um, he's got to stay healthy, but the talent's there. As he said, I think we tweeted out, um, uh, Mo had had, uh, had that guy, the Draft Sharks guy, uh, Shout, Matt Schauf on, on the show, and he had mentioned on that show the fact that you know, of the of the second half of the season, he had 500 yard games. I mean, he just he just showed that he can do it. Uh, you guys love Carson Palmer. You guys love this offense. I think he's the most tried and true wide receiver that you can really go into battle with each week if healthy and feel confident about. And the value is actually kind of there. He's still sit. He's he's lower. When I compare and I see that a guy like Eric Decker is right beneath him and Emmanuel Sanders. Well, and what's uh, the main What's the main difference three. between an Eric Decker and a Michael Floyd? Number of catches. Well, oh, that's okay. That's another one. But to me, it's also that Decker's always been a guy that is a huge touchdown guy. And I feel like that's got to come down a bit. For exactly. Much. That's the thing okay. that you yeah. that that's, that concern, concerns me, especially 
if Fitzpatrick doesn't come back, then that's then he's gonna like really take a fall. But even even with Fitzpatrick back, I I, I get worried when a guy is, is scoring that many points off of touchdowns. You you know we, we mentioned it with Allen Robinson that there's gonna be a regression there. Um, there's a guy who we're gonna get to in a, in a couple of tiers that I have a. A, a similar feeling about, and, and I'm, I think we, we're kind of all leading different ways on this other guy, but Decker, Golden Tate, now he's going to, you would say, okay, well, Golden Tate should take an uptick, right? Because Calvin Johnson's gone. I don't know. I mean, how great was Golden Tate when he was the number one wide receiver in Seattle? That was a totally different game. Oh, it is different. And a it totally different, different okay. offense. Different. Okay. I, th- I, think, I think Stafford's got a good schedule this year. And, and, and as you, you pointed out on, on, on Twitter a couple weeks ago, Golden State's rising. His stock is his stock is moving in, in the upward direction. Where, in all honesty, where I see him right now sitting there at twenty six, I think by the time of the season he's going to be more closer to the close to the twenty oh, top look, teams. And I so, remember. Don't when, you agree with that? I, I think he's moving. I in get the, what you guys are saying because I mean, if you because want, of situations. Well, if you want to look at situations when Calvin Johnson wasn't in, that's when Golden Tate was blowing up and having his huge games. But at the same time, I don't think the teams were preparing that much for Golden Tate. Yeah. But so, do you also know that Golden Tate was a top 17 receiver in the last five weeks of the season and caught 31 of his 37 targets uh, for 261 yards and four touchdowns, had nearly the same amount of red zone targets last season as Calvin Johnson, and caught only okay. one touchdown less than Calvin True, Johnson. True, but all those things are easier to do when Calvin Johnson's on the field to protect you. No, no question. And and that, that's no but question. his splits without Calvin Johnson are even more substantial. And and the one thing I think about him that we love is with the ball in his hands, he does great things. True. So as an offensive coordinator, as a coach, Caldwell's got to sit there and be like, we have to get this guy more opportunities to do stuff. Because when you put the ball in his hands, his yards after the catch, he's very hard to bring down. He can make things happen. I'm not saying he's no, Calvin. No, I'm, I'm not saying I'm anything, loving this because he's got never... a lot of he's got a lot of skill sets. That are favorable if you can. Who was the guy that loved him when he went from Seattle to to Detroit? Not me. This guy. I was the only one that was standing out there. You were not the only one. I was. I was big time on the island though. So is this his third year there? Yeah, fourth. Okay. Third year. The thing is, Golden Tate's got all these things that are good for him. The question is, can Stafford sort of maintain that play he had that end of last season? Do you know Cal? Matthew Stafford threw 26 inter- touchdowns and no interceptions in the red zone last season. That's oh, crazy. That's like, impressive. Like, that's the same number as Cam Newton last year, and that's a number that usually doesn't repeat either. But those numbers sort of all stick out for you, and they all and they increased by five points per game with Jim Bob Cooter as the uh, offensive coordinator over, over Joe Lombardi. So there's just a lot of you know good things up for Calvin Johnson, or up for a Golden Tate. With or without Calvin Johnson, you know Marvin Jones is also going to do that. There, there, there's just a lot of good things going on with that offense. Should they maintain? But I, I like all these guys in this tier, except for basically. I will not draft Eric Decker, and I will not draft Emmanuel Sanders. I agree with you on both sentiments. Emmanuel Sanders, you know that they're going through the top top hundred NFL right now, and I think they've only gone through like they've gotten through like the nineties and eighties. Emmanuel Sanders is is a top hundred player. I just can't believe that. When I saw his name, I'm like Emmanuel Sanders, like oh my god, he's like one ahead of Jonathan Stewart or one behind him. I was like, God, I don't understand. I look just, how his I just career. Don't like look, him. look how his career turned from the guy who was in Pittsburgh, who it looked like everyone thought was going to be a New England Patriot, 
And how much better did it work out for him? No, than, but he, they Kansas thought that. Well, and then he signed with Kansas City. Right. And, and then, then Kansas City, you know. And like, then you're like, oh, no, it's, it's all going to be horrible. But this is also a contract year again for Emmanuel Sanders because he only signed a short-term window deal of three years. So he could still get paid, you know, depending on what happens. But his numbers. Get, I think he'll get paid regardless. Even, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of people out there that are going to be willing to give him the money no matter what the quarterback situation is and if his numbers take a dip this year. I mean, his, What are your projections for him? Is that what you're coming up with? No, okay. but basically his numbers without uh, a man, with Brock Osweiler versus Peyton Manning, uh, with Brock Osweiler he averaged a catch and a half less, on two targets less, but his yardage only rec- uh, decreased by 10 a game. So he was slightly more explosive. The thing is, he's going to be like an 1,100-yard receiver maybe, but the the top end, you know, fourteen hundred yard, nine touchdown season of two seasons ago just isn't there. No. And with all these other receivers seeming to be up and coming, that just gives me you know some some hurt on Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, if he falls late enough to where you know you can get him at wide receiver thirty or wide receiver thirty two, you know, I'll be very comfortable drafting him then. But at a, at a wide receiver twenty five price tag, I'm not going that far. Quickly, and then we'll move on to the next tier. Uh, Randall Cobb is a different player with Jordy Nelson back. Yeah. Uh, it's a hungry team. Dog Maddox is always talking. He's the about. guy I'm not drafting. Yeah, no, no way. Aaron um, Aaron Rodgers is hungry. Uh, Cobb, I, he's just a guy I've never drafted. I don't think I've ever had him on a team. I'm just not that big of a fan. But with Jordy back, he's gonna. You know, he's. He, it's not the pressure isn't on him anymore. He's gonna do better. I'm just. I was amazed how much he was exposed last year. Uh, for not having any great route running, not having great speed, like all the things that I thought that you know he had good. I thought he had great quickness inside. I thought you know it was like he was such a smart football player and ran all these perfect routes. And it's like it just looked sloppy last year. And so I, I definitely think Jordy helps him, but he's a guy that I'm just I'm wary of. That like you you had a great run and all of a sudden it just. It passes you by. Injuries might have caught up to him. It, it might be, be one had, of those things where he's just slowed up to the point where he's not going to be the same. He had a shoulder injury early mm-hmm. in the season, and then he what punctured a lung or something. Yeah. Uh, like, you don't, you don't need yet. one lung. Come on, <laughs> all right, buddy. Uh, <laughs> you, try play, you try playing with that. Uh, who needs more? Another lung. Come on, Iron Lung, Radiohead, great song. Where did he go to medical school? He went to Northwestern and Johns Hopkins. Is that good enough for you? No, it's not. Well, Brennan, those are very prestigious schools. <laughs> I smoked pot with Johnny Hopkins. You don't know anyone named Johnny Hopkins. It was Johnny Hopkins and Sloan Kettering, and they were blazing that shit up every day. <laughs> That's why he's only got one, one lung left. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tier, next tier here, tier six. And uh, let's 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 put a little bit of speed through these next two tiers, uh, so we can move on to some of these other positions. And in this tier, top of it, ranked number twenty-eight for wide receiver, Larry Fitzgerald, twenty-nine, Steve Smith Jr., Mister Fitz, uh, thirty, senior, senior, senior. Sorry, not junior, senior. Uh, he plays like a junior though. Devontae Parker. Then you got Doug Baldwin is going to be sitting there at uh, number thirty. Uh, Kevin White's thirty-one. John Brown's third. Uh, no, he's right. That's not right. Uh, add one. <laughs> add one. Uh, so, and Crabtree's 34. Brown, John Brown going to reverse is 33. Uh, and 32. This is why we need to put numbers on the left of this. Reverse it. Reverse it. Reverse. Gotta get Can it. Can we get that? Get, uh, in an instant replay. There we go. So, 
Fitzgerald is going to be going, uh, probably going down from last year's. Uh, Steve Smith coming off an injury. Devontae Parker keeps on getting this this foot that's been an issue with him since going back to college injured. Let me start with him just because that him and Kevin White are where I'm really keeping an eye on. Devontae Parker, if healthy, again, big if. If that foot can stay healthy and there's not issues, complications with screws and stuff, I like him. I like him more than than uh, in in a non PPR league. I like him more than um, Jarvis. I think that the explosion and the way that he can he can be that guy in the in the Gase offense. Devontae Parker is a guy that I could see because of his value and the way that I think he's slipping and the explosiveness that he's got. I have a feeling I'm going to take some chances on him in some of my leagues, and he's going to be on plenty of my teams. And I'm high on him too. And I think the the thing with Jarvis, why you can be high on Devontae Parker, Jarvis doesn't catch touchdowns. Jarvis Landry is not a guy that's going to be a 12, 10, 12, 9 touchdown guy. He's going to be 5, 6. Maybe you can get that 7, elusive 7 touchdown Darren Sproles season out of him. But, you know, that's about all you're going to get. Whereas Parker is that that deeper threat guy. He's that that bigger guy that you can kind of throw more of those angle shots to in the end zone because you're not going to throw him to Jordan Cameron. Uh, (laughs) So he'll have an opportunity. He'll have the better chance to be a double-digit touchdown receiver. He was a four four five speed guy, yeah. so he's got he's six three. He's got he's basically a faster AJ Green. Um, he's got great hands, like you said. He's got a um, he's got a, a prowess around the end zone. Um, this is a dude that that was highly highly recruited before he got injured uh, in Louisville. Um, lots to like with Devontae Parker again. It's, it's kind of like Julio Jones at the very beginning of his career when he kept banging up that same foot. Um, you just worry about surgeries that are binding bones together in your foot. Um, little worrisome. But uh, beyond that, I'm going to just bring up one other guy in this batch that I love, and I'll let you guys go, and I'll just go shut up. It. Crabtree's always been one of my guys, but I, I just think he kind of peaked last year. I can't see him really recreating that, but I hope I'm wrong because I love him as a player. I do think he's probably got the best hands. But Kevin White, so high on that guy. He will be on I'll overdraft that guy in every team, and I, I'm just going on the upside of him. I think I think he's going to be something special. I, I, I really do. I, I, I would well, much rather have him where he's going than Alshon where he's going because, uh, you know you know me, I'm not going well, to talk, talk shit on Alshon. I'm just going to talk up Kevin White. Get ready, Kevin White, seventh-ranked wide receiver, uh, seventh uh, player drafted in last year, 2015 NFL draft, hasn't played it down in the league, has had a chance to watch, see the speed of the game, learn the playbook. Get ready for this guy. It's going to be exciting. Cutler's going to be just zoning in on him. You're talking about Devontae Parker with 4.45 speed? This is a guy with 4.3 speed. He's sick. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see how they're going to use him in the offense. Are they going to, uh, you know, and I, and I think that they're going to want to, they're going to want to take shots. They're going to, they're going to want to be using the run to set up the pass. Um, you, you don't really have anybody that we can trust in Chicago in the slot. So it's really going to be pushing the ball more to the outside receivers. So you're going to get Alsh. It's going to be, you're going to go Alshon, Alshon, Kevin White, Kevin White. I mean, it's going to be, you're just going to be going back and forth between those guys for running the offense. Because again, no more Martellus Bennett in the middle either. So not Zach Miller. So um, I, I think the good news for Kevin White is that means that he's going to get a good share of targets this year too. So, it's, you know, even though it is theoretically, 
basically like a rookie season for him because he didn't play last year. But being around it, being uh, being immersed in the playbook, and then having the offseason and everything to work, I'm not as concerned. And I, I think it's not uh, he'll come in with a step above where he would have been last year, Oops. and then some. Upside for me, and this is almost impossible for him to hit, but he could be a Terrell Owens-like kind of guy. If he can have, show that kind of dominance with the with the ball in his hands, the upside, the ceiling, ceiling for him is that guy that just like is unstoppable with the ball in his hands. It's what I saw. It's what I saw in a lot of t- uh, game film when he was at West Virginia. I know the game's different. He's a young green player coming from community college and all that, and that didn't play last year. Doesn't really know what they're going to throw at him. But if, if 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 everything falls into place and the world could be perfect for him, that guy might be the closest thing to uh, to a, to a Terrell Owens at the league scene in a while. You got anything on uh, on Kevin White? Otherwise, I, I want to cover two other guys here. No, go one second. Go, go so you got that. you got the, the guy that we talked about in the tier before, Michael Floyd, and then you have the other two Arizona wide receivers are here in this tier, yeah. Larry Fitzgerald and John Brown. Um, you are not going to be drafting more than one Arizona wide receiver. <laughs> you should not be drafting more than one Arizona. I, I, they're good, but you don't. I think you you got to have to make your bones about it and pick which one you like the best. Uh, for me, I agree. I still think it's Floyd that has the best upside. I think he's the guy because he does have the size to be able to play in all the different positions. John Brown doesn't have that size to be that guy who can be dominating inside uh, the red zone and be a 10-touchdown type guy. Fitzgerald is still going to be that guy. But I think Fitzgerald had that swan song season last year, so I'm really stepping away from him. John Brown, I look at, is if I miss out, uh, but I, I just have a feeling that John Brown is going to get taken in drafts before Michael Floyd. I, I feel like at least the drafts that I of all the all the team all the leagues that I'm in, which is quite a few, um, <laughs> that I just don't see many because everyone we're in these dynasty type leagues, so nobody wants to go after the guy that's been around and is like a retread, and so you can always get like the crab trees and the Floyd. Yeah. These are guys that always come in a bargain because we're like they've either been burned by him once, twice, yeah, or three yeah. times. And so they're, they're never going back, and they're going to say, I'll take my chance on this young guy, this young guy, this young guy. And a lot of times, getting that steadier, older veteran who's fighting for his life in the NFL and still has talent left is a good way to go. According to Fantasy Pros, Michael Floyd has an ADP of 54, Larry Fitzgerald of 65, and John Brown of 71. Uh, can I play devil's advocate? Please, why absolutely. These, why these guys are ranked lower for us and not just, hey, these guys are top 20 guys for sure. Uh, but, you know, starting with Larry Fitzgerald, he caught like 109 passes last season. He was played mostly in the slot. Like, 109 passes for a guy, his age is like insane. That's just something that's hard to repeat. Steve Smith, senior, coming off a torn Achilles. He was supposed to retire after last year. All those things. They've got like eight new weapons for Joe Flacco to throw to. But, you know, is he going to get peppered with targets like he was in those first five games of last year? You know, Devontae Parker, on a per-route basis, he wasn't great. He wasn't able to create separation. He's one of those guys that's more of a long strider, takes a while to build up. But he, he can go up and get it, definitely. But it, can he add more refinement to his game and allows him to get open, you know, against better corners in the NFL? Then there's Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin. <laughs> 14 touchdowns last season and his first 1,000-yard season. But it was just a hair over a thousand yards. Thousand sixty nine yards, yeah. Or something like 1,069 that. Yards. I mean, does he come back down 
in the yardage department? Maybe not. Maybe he's still a thousand yards or verge of a thousand yard receiver. But you know, is he coming Six down? Touchdowns, to, maybe. Is, is he coming back down to career norms where he could maybe get eight touchdowns? Like that's that's. Yeah, ma- yeah. Remember, this guy's five yeah. ten, and you know, it was undrafted or very lowly drafted. Undrafted. Well, I think about that too when you think about it in terms of if he loses that, it goes down to eight. That's six touchdowns. So that is in fantasy. Uh, that's, that's, pro- that's probably a fifth that's of 30, that's 36 points. points. That's, that's 360 points. yards. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's hard to make up. Yeah. That whole that whole tier, and then let's move on because I think those are great points. That party. Let me, let me blow uh, out the rest of the Okay. Tier. That tier to me, uh, and then keep blowing out, it's kind of like career year beware tier. A little bit. <laughs> or you're hoping on the career year. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, then there's Kevin White. You know, big physical receivers tend to take a while to get going in the NFL. It takes a while. They need to run routes, and then they need to learn how to run against NFL competition. Yep. It took Terrell Owens three years to have a 1,000-yard season. Um, you know, this is a guy who maybe, you know, Jay Cutler's not going to catch a ton. Unless he's Anquan Bolden. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anquan Bolden's an entirely different beast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, nobody's ever been like Anquan Bolden. It's true. It's true. Um, but then there's John Brown. You know, he might be a guy who's also capped on touchdowns, and you know these other two receivers are also capping them a little bit. They're all feasting on each other. You know, one strategy to play is drafting the lowest guy, and you're gonna get some boom weeks, you're gonna get some bust weeks. Michael Crabtree, I think, still gets a ton of volume. You know, he didn't get as many targets as Amari Cooper and was more efficient, but could he be able to see an increase in his yards per catch back to career norms? But the thing is, he caught a ton of touchdowns last season that I don't really see going to him again. One thing I'll say about the Terrell Owens thing, I was essentially a season ticket holder. I lived in San Francisco back during this day, and you guys know I'm a rice freak. Um, the one thing about Terrell Owens, he basically was like, he was one of those freak athletes out of Chattanooga. They drafted him in the middle, I think it was the fourth round or whatever, but J.J. Stokes was still around on the other side of Jerry Rice, So that, and he was a high draft pick. So, like, it was just, they kind of had J.J. because they had to because of the draft slot, and then all of a sudden it was just like, every week in practice, they're like, all right, J.J., we gave you enough shots, buddy. You're just not as good as this other dude. So one of the reasons is, like, Terrell just they just couldn't really unleash the beast, but you're totally right about that body size, and I do think that that's one thing that's um that I hope that I'm hoping I'm banking on that Kevin White will get your 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 the way you assess that is great. You got to know how to work your big body and get your speed and how to you're running your routes to not get touched, to not get hit, to find your uh, sweet spot, so to speak. Uh, when you're when you're a big young player I mean, at that position, that, that's I, the main concern. Is yeah, he got to see the game speed, but he hasn't played in the no game doubt. speed, and that that that's my biggest concern. And his speed at West Virginia was so much better than but, everybody. But else. also, he wasn't really ran it, running the full route tree. There no. was a lot of screens yeah. to Kevin White and stuff like that. So there there are some concerns about the transition from the spread offense to the NFL level. Mm-hmm. The Bears run a pretty pro style system. Hopefully, it's more like. Uh, another fella, and let's move on to the next tier from his alma mater, then uh, not in Randy Moss and gets this party going right out of the gates. I love that friggin' weird looking snaggle tooth mofo. <laughs> I love that guy. I want him to be so good. He's so fun. I like uh, that. This is a tier I like a lot. Like. And I will actually be drafting many of these players Absolutely. ahead of the tier we just went through. Absolutely. I agree. It's like this is where the, these guys need to be ranked here. Because they've done it before. They're consistent producers. 
But that's not sort of how I draft. Like, if I go early running back, running back, i got to find a number one wide receiver at some point. And these guys have a chance to end up more as a wide receiver one than being maybe a wide receiver, you know, mid-18 to 25-ish. This is the point. This is a great point because this is how we all draft. We have these guys, other guys ranked higher. Yeah. It's not because of a love. It's because that's where you, you... you just can't you can't put your, your you can't jump in front of your, your put, put your head over your skis how's it go uh, <laughs> yeah, whatever it is nose over your skis whatever. or something like that yeah uh, head head in front of your skis I don't know anyway I like this tier so much better exactly for what you're saying because when we're when you're taking these guys you're you're waiting in a draft do you again are you wanting that guy who you know what you're just going to get the slow and steady I'm going to get this type of production or do I want a guy that could be he may only end up with 800 yards at the end of the year. Or he might end up with 1,250 yards at the end of the year. There's a lot of those type of guys here that can take a huge step. Can I tell you something? I put my nose ahead of my skis every time. <laughs> we know this. And, uh, and I have uh, Doyle Green Beckham ranked 19th. I love this guy. I'm so happy to hear Mariota talking about how he's a stub this week. I love the friggin' guy. Uh, I know I have him higher than anyone else right I'm here. I'm the next guy at 37. I'm the next guy at 37. And I love this fucking guy. So I'm not scared to, to, to put him up. And then I got Moncrief, which I'm worried about. I think he's got toe surgery. He's got t- uh, turf toe right now, which is if. He's moving down for me because that is the worst friggin' thing. I'm he can the coldest have. guy on him. Yeah, yeah. I love him on Cree for what he can do, but I'm very worried about that turf toe. But those two guys in this tier for me, I'm hyper fired up. Doyle Green Beckham, I know. Again, I'll overdraft that guy. I over, probably overdrafted him in our mock draft. He will be on my team in every league. And if, at the end of the season, if he burns me, I'll know it. Maybe I'll still be high on him. And maybe I'll be bummed out about it. But I'm I'm rolling with it. I just think he's going to be the guy. Uh, Stag party out of this tier. Uh, Hearn's your favorite guy or Lockett? Well, let's, let's let's tell everybody who's in the. Oh, in the sorry, team. sorry. Uh, I, let me, I'll do it. Okay, okay. Go, so go you got 30, 35 through forty-one. Dante Moncrief at thirty-five. Alan Hearns at thirty-six. Doyle Green Beckham at thirty-seven. Deshaun Jackson at thirty-eight. Tyler Lockett thirty-nine. Josh Gordon at 40, and Tavon Austin at 41. Who do you like? Who, who are you vibing on the most out of that tier? Uh, Who's, uh, who are you feeling is going to be on most of your teams? Alan Hearns. I mean, is there another easy 1,000-yard receiver in the league that you're just projecting 1,000 yards? Hey, he might not get, you know, the eight touchdowns that he got last season, you know, with all the regression that should happen in that passing game. But... There's, I'm not scared of Marquise Lee. Rashad Green's not going to be a guy I'm worried about. Julius Thomas has never been a huge yardage guy. You know, these, he's just going to get yards, and he's you know going to have the easiest coverage in pretty much every game. He's, they play Indianapolis twice a season. Indianapolis locks up Vonta Davis on uh, you know Allen Robinson, and Allen Hearns is allowed to feast. You know, those are the things I like. He's going to get the second corner every week, and he's still going to get a plethora of targets. I I, I like Hearns too, but when we talk about guys that have one thing that scares you, it should be the same thing that scares you with Allen Robinson. It's the regression. He had 10 touchdowns last year. Yeah, And he did it in like a, a, a select number of games. But so it wasn't like one true. touchdown spread over. He had like two touchdown games multiple times. Where, But I, I think that's the He's one. He's got of, talent, though. That's the thing. Because 
he had what was it five hundred yard games? I think he had last season. So he shows you the the flash. Now the only thing the other thing that worries me too is. Uh, Blake Bortles is not going to throw 606 passing attempts this this year coming up. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. They brought in Chris Ivory. They're they're going to try to. What do... does that give them? 30 more rush attempts? No, I think with Chris Ivory, if, if you can establish some sort of a running game, the problem was they they fell out of games. They also bulked up with uh, Malik Jackson to the defense. Oh, they their defense is defense. a whole lot better. And unfortunately, of course, they lose their, their yeah. first round pick like they do every year before this. That's a meniscus. But you, they didn't even lose him. He's gonna be back in like three weeks. Okay, well, and you got and you got Fowler coming back, so you're gonna have more. Do they say it looks like a freak? So when you have that defense, that's gonna keep games closer. That's gonna mean hey, we can run the ball more. We need to run some clock. Hey, maybe we're actually gonna be ahead in the game let's let's run some clock so Alan Hearns is not going to get those we're down by by 14 to 17 points throw the ball all over the field same thing with Alan Robinson so I just temper it in the sense that he is steadily improved each year he's been in the league he's a guy for me that is one of those guys that I believe is extreme hard worker because he wasn't those high draft picks he wasn't drafted right he's out there earning everything he gets so he's got that that, that fire and desire, which I think is going to keep him the yards. I'm just worried, where's where's there a potential regression for touchdowns? Now, if he only goes down three touchdowns, he ends up with seven touchdowns, but he's able to go up to, to becoming. I, and I think he can be. I think this can be the next, the, the Allen Robinson and, and Allen Hearns, A and A, could be uh, the next Jimmy Smith and, uh, and Keenan McCardell. The thing is, if he finishes with over 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns, that means he finishes at wide receiver 20 last year. And I and I, that's what I was going to say. Where he's getting drafted, crazy. he is going to outplay where he's getting drafted. And the he he's the, he's got that's the most. Crazy. He's got like 1,850 yards through two seasons, most ever by an undrafted wide receiver through two seasons. The guy's got the body. He comes from my. He's a, he's a, from Miami University. He's Comes from a high pedigree, coming against the U, high competition. He was a stud and a beast from day one there, and a player from day one. So he's always been a man, man child wherever he's gone. So the fact that he didn't get drafted and he was falling, I don't know the reason. Maybe it was attitude, maybe it was some issues. I don't know if it was injury. I should, but I don't know. But he is looking like he's here to stay. So I like a Hearns, and I agree with what Zach Party just said. I feel like he'll out he'll outperform his ADP um, as as it stands, and he's already been great, and people like him. So um, I'm I'm kind of going more on the Hearns bandwagon myself. Tyler Lockett, I feel like people are super high on him. I like him, but it's that it's I'm, I bought onto your piece from a couple of years ago and the stature and all that stuff. He's gonna have those huge games. He's gonna have those huge plays. Um, is he, is he, can I really roll I'm, the dice with him as my wide receiver two, wide receiver three every week? Ooh, okay, wide receiver wide, two. Wide, no. it's wide receiver, yeah, wide receiver three. That still scares me. I know, but he's the guy that I, I want to have in there as that bi-week replacement in my three wide receiver league where I get to roll him out for at least those three weeks because... He also gives you the added bonus of you never know. Is he going to get a kick return for a score? They can use him in any different ways possible this year because now that he's more comfortable uh, and learned the offense, now they're going to add some other gimmick gadget plays, you know, some end around end reverses. They're going to end up doing like they're doing with Tavon Austin, who's also in this group, yeah. who's another guy. I'm going to get one of these two guys is going to be on my team as my fourth wide receiver. You like I'm to, because, you love well, because it's cool. Well, I because like, I like both of these advice. guys have this potential. It's like, do I want to have to start them every week? No. 
The, you know, and do I, you know, then they say, well, but you're going to choose which week? Yeah, I'm going to choose which week. It's the weeks that I have all my bye weeks, and that's when the guy's going to be in there, and hopefully they're favorable matchups. I'll say this, <laughs> when Stag Party go on and do, I've got, this is just kind of a, 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 a food for thought kind of a running man concept. In this tier, Tavon Austin, Tyler Lockett, and Deshaun Jackson would be the best Wide receiver crew in a flag football league ever. These ever. guys are untouchable ever. in touch in, in tackle football. Like literally, when they get the ball in their hands, they basically don't get touched. Uh, think about all the big plays those guys make. Um, Can I think about? Hey, you just got to get them the ball, and they, 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 they're so fragile that you're worried they're going to get hurt. You know? Exactly. I was playing laser tag with my company. The, we had like this big meeting. We, oh, we, we were, recent? We had, what is yeah. this in like 1984? We, we had whirl, the whole whirly ball thing. So we had the whirly ball. ball the, Laser tag upstairs, so we had like all the different rooms running. I played laser tag for 30 minutes. Yeah. I was drenched in sweat. I tweaked my hamstring. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm like, I never want to play laser yeah. tag again. <laughs> well, I was never that great at laser tag. I was more of a photon guy. What do you got called? Photon! I Stag party's like I, I, I was. I wasn't even a, a sperm. I wasn't even a sperm in my <laughs> Just like Saigon, hey slick. I was in junior high, dickhead. <laughs> Go for it, stag party. So the thing, the things about Dante Moncrief you like is he's got an ability to score touchdowns. We don't know anybody else on that team who's a consistent touchdown scorer. They've got a bunch of wide receivers who are. On the smaller side, he's the bigger one. He's the biggest one out there. He's nearly as big as Dwayne Allen. You know, he was on pace for 11 touchdowns with Andrew Luck at quarterback and averaged nearly 10 more yards a game. Everything was just better with Luck in the lineup for Moncrief last season, and his pace was huge. Um, Allen Hearns, you know, we talked about all the reasons we like him. We just think he's one of those guys who's going to get 1,000 yards. You know, the volume of the passing game is going to be there. We don't know if the volume of the touchdown passes are going to be there. Uh, Dorio Green-Beckham. His stats with Marcus Mariota in the game and out of the game are insane. He, you know, Mariota missed a bunch of games. You know, Dorio Green-Beckham missed a couple games in between there. Um, Dorio Green-Beckham averaged eight yards receiving with Marcus Mariota out of the lineup and averaged 51 yards a game with him in the lineup. So, yeah, he's good things for that guy. Uh I just don't know if he needs one more season after not playing for a full year. Is this now his rookie year? Are we going to see you know some more things that we saw at the end? I don't know if he has a chance to get up over 1,000 yards in this offense. That's going to be run through DeMarco Murray, run through uh, Derrick Henry, and then you know Delaney Walker's still going to get his. They still got Kendall Wright. They still got all these other guys. And Rashard Matthews, who's a pro, they just brought in. They've just got a lot of guys. I don't know how that target share is going to shake out. If it all goes to uh, Dorian Green Beckham, it's going to be awesome. But if he only gets you know 18 percent of the targets, I eh. think I think the good news is there. Here's a guy that has a, had character issues. Uh, so what do you do? You bring in competition. Keep him on his toes. Yeah. I think I think to me. It's a smart move. I, I want there to be. I don't want him to get settled. If he gets settled and thinks that he's just the man, F'd. then you're not going to get. You're not going to get the results that that, that you're predicting, yeah. uh, D Rex. But if you bring in competition and you scare him, that you could end up sitting for periods of time because we'll roll with Matthews and and uh, and, and Kendall Wright and all these other guys. 
Good. Scared a living bejesus out of him. But I will agree with Stag Party. I think he's a high 900s, low 1,000. I don't think this guy's coming out and having a 12, 1,300 season. What about and I'm super high. What? That's where I think he okay. can come and make some real damage. I think he can have some big games. I think he has some big plays and have some touchdowns and be a red zone. You know, they've got this bang, this bang, bang, bang uh, offense. Um I could see him being a good touchdown player, and I agree with Staggs also that it's, it, I think in two years is where he really kind of comes out and blossoms, but where his value is and where you're able to get him in the, for a wide receiver, which is, you know, I don't know the ADP is on there, but fifth, sixth, seventh round. Um, and he's, he's not one of these short little Wide guys. receiver 40. <sighs> I mean, That's I love these... that value. And with his size and ability, and again, you know, Delaney Walker, going to be 32 years old. Uh, you have Kendall Wright. He has not really done anything to distinguish himself as anything. Rashard Matthews put together uh, some really nice games with Miami, but at the same time, he then disappears for a long time. So I still can't believe you guys poop on Kendall Wright and said he's never done anything. No, he, he has, but we've been, he, we talked about him more than he's done over the last three years. And he he does he did something you know, four he years had, ago, and he had and he had the he had that the next year where it looked like he was going to be 115, 120 catch guy and do all this stuff, and then he's Shit the bed. I said that for you, doggy. Shit the bed. <laughs> <laughs> so finishing out this tier of guys, we've got uh, you know Deshaun Jackson not at training camp. You know Heath Evans is you know getting on the TV and saying they should cut him. Get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> what are you talking about? He, he we, they know why he's not there. Why, why are you going to cut the guy? You know. Okay. Well, why is he not there? He wasn't there last year, I know. He just does, he does his own thing. Look, his own thing got him the, literally the first pass thrown to him last year. He, he hurt his, uh, his quad. Uh, so the only, I'm, I'm not a Heath Evans guy. And by the way, I, I was watching NFL Network tonight, and uh, uh, Wes Welker was on it, and Heath Evans was right, standing right next to him. Heath Evans is like a half an inch taller than Wes Welker. I thought Wes Welker was the smallest guy in the league. Heath Evans is a shrimp. I mean, yeah, he's a fullback. They're supposed to be compact. Shrimp. Well, how do you, how much deeper do we want to just go one more tier and then get over uh, to the running backs? Because, you know, we're sitting here like... Uh, Are I we just going to scroll right over Josh Gordon and not mention him? Because that's what I feel like doing. Let, let's do it. I mean, well, we, we like him. Until he actually reemerges, we might as well say... We'll mention you. Here's where you are, but we're going to skip over you. Well, one thing, he's not being seen with Johnny Football, whose <laughs> friends right now are saying, we're scared he's going to die of drugs, and who the guy literally looks like he's Val. 115 pounds. Val Verde! you got to say something. You fucking crazy, man. You sound insane. Do you realize that? You should be medicated. How do we, do we want to go? Just this is the next tier, and then let's move over to position. Maybe just literally fly through it. I won't say a word. You guys can just quickly talk about it. Um, what the next guys, tier? Uh, yeah. Or should we just move to the next position? What let's do you set want up to... this tier. There are some interesting guys. There we are a lot of rookies uh, in this tier. You know, first it begins with Willie Sneed, who had nearly a thousand yards receiving last year, but just that's a handsome man, by the way, too. Oh just, yeah, kid. Just just a handful. Even less than a half a handful of touchdowns, a JPP full of touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's me. Uh, there's a baker's dozen. There's a baker's true. dozen which he wishes he had the extra. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, D Rex's boy Corey Coleman, who today comes out. This guy might return punts, might return kicks. So those of you that play in, uh, you know, return yardage leagues, he so. gets a boost. You know, Corey Coleman's the guy. You know, depending on what happens with Josh Norman, 
could just see a boatload of targets. But he's is, also the guy that if you play in a league that it does not reward for that, and if he is returning kicks, if he's returning kickoffs, then maybe he's not out there for the first downs of all those uh, drives. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> He'll be just the Percy Harvin treatment. Yes. Yeah, that's true. It happens. I, I like this kid. I, I do like Corey Coleman. I just question the offense. I question. I don't like Corey Coleman. As far as, like, if I'm looking at the rookies for me, this year, that have the best chance for impact. Corey Coleman, he'll get opportunities, but he's just not going to be that guy that I think you can consistently I think he's going to be like a guy who gets like... He's on the Browns! He can't catch... He's going to catch like 50% of his targets. So how many targets is he going to get? What's his yards per catch going to be? It's not going to be huge like it was down at Baylor. Um, you know, th- those are all questions I have. Is he going to be... Next, Kendall Wright, and just catch a lot of short passes, or is he going to have some more of that explosiveness? You know, that's something we have to see. But then after that, there's Marvin Jones, who I think has an opportunity for some success. And when you're getting him this late in the draft, I think he's another guy who could potentially, like, I think the top 50 receivers could, like, potentially all are, are guys that have chances at, like, a thousand yards receiving, and it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's why that's why I was mentioning earlier when we said just wait, look as we go through this, you can miss out on a tier or two early, and you can still find those great values, and that's always what it is, right? Because this is where you have to find your gems, you, and you got to find the guys here that are like like you're saying, Stag Party, and, and like you're saying, Direct. There's going to be guys going to get you. Can be that thousand yard guy with a limited amount of touchdowns, or maybe he's an eight nine hundred yard guy, but it can be a ten touchdown type yeah. guy. One um, is I'm gonna be a ten Valverde guy. Valverde. You gotta know, I'm not just some guy, Brennan. That is the voice of an angel. Brennan, I can't even make eye contact with you right now. Your voice is like a combination of Fergie and Jesus. <laughs> uh. One stat, uh, I think uh, Stag Party, you, you t- retweeted it, but this one was an eye-opener because I know you've been getting fired up with him with the uh, reception perception. Torrey Smith, what was the number? 700-yard games and 83 starts. Yeah, and 83 or something starts in his career. He's only had seven 100-yard games. And the, the reason why I like him, the reason why people like him, not you, but just people in general, is that, expl- is that big yardage kind of league. When I saw that, I was like, "Wow, that's 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 pretty brutes McGitts." Still one, like his value. You know what it is? is everyone remembers that one game. Was it a Monday Night Football? Was it like it was his brother who died or whatever? And he caught like the three touchdowns. Uh, well, he also had. I think it was first game as a pro. Didn't he almost have four touchdowns and like three of them and a half? He's had like some huge games. Um, He's the forgotten man now after his season last year in San Francisco. The thing is, even with his forgotten season last year. 20.1 yards per catch? Is that what you're going to (laughs) say? Career high, 20.1 yards per catch. Also, down the stretch, he finished as, you know, a top 40 receiver in the last five weeks of the season. He's had a 1,000-yard season under his belt at 1,100 yards. He's had, you know, an 11-touchdown season. He's sort of had a bunch of different seasons, and if he just all wrapped them into one, like this is a guy who averaged 135 fantasy points for the first four years of his career. We like the Chip Kelly aspect, but that's, and there's, but that's, there's, that's, there's, that's there's my nothing question. else really going on I like on the Chip Kelly sense. aspect too, but I'm not 100% sure. How does Chip Kelly plan to use him? Exactly like an outside receiver with speed that he's used in his career. So, Tory Smith is just as fast as Deshaun. 
Yeah. Yeah, Torrey Smith is just as fast. He's faster than Jeremy Macklin, and he's probably close to as fast as Deshaun Jackson. See, but the thing that worries me, though, is that when we were looking at the Philadelphia offense last year, the guy who was the, the, the power guy in the offense is, is Jordan Matthews, who he was running out of the slot. So, you know, does and he's got Anquan Bolden on the other side. So if you want to have a guy that you can trust. Bolden's no, not Bolden's signed. not signed. Oh, he's, oh that's okay. like a smelter or a, or a DeAndre Quinton. Smelter, Quinton oh, Patton. Patton. Oh, God. Like, the rest of their receivers Ellington. Yeah, that's a bunch of The rest of, of their receivers right. might have 100 combined catches. And I don't think... They, they should, should re-sign Anquan Bolden. Well, Chip said he hasn't talked to him since like two days after he signed. He came on as a coach. And what is I don't think, I think Anquan's... Remember, I thought he was going back there for sure. Just for, I think he's he's heading somewhere. He's going to try and get a championship. Where, where do you think Tory's going? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Anquan, you talked me into signing the long term contract here. Where, why are you leaving me? No, that's not what happened. The dollars <laughs> talked to Tory yeah. Smith. Tory Smith got forty five mil dollars. Yeah, and goodbye, Baltimore. <laughs> Absolutely. The, only, the quick things I'll say, and let's cruise through this, and let's go to the uh, running back position. Um, we got to kind of start springing. I'm not worried because the quarterbacks and the tight end we can cruise through. But um, or why don't we just make this? A, why don't we just make this a no, two positioner? No, 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 no come not on, a chance, not a chance. We can. But we can, we can only go through quarterback 24. Or yeah, that's 25. fine. That's all we need to do. Um, <laughs> and their tight ends, we, we we can go through even less. So um, let's talk uh, Treadwell. I'm getting psyched on this guy. Uh, I really just think he's, he's he's kind of the perfect guy, the perfect moment for that team. Um, I'm pretty uh, excited about seeing what he can do. I obviously don't love the noodle arm that uh, Bridgewater's got, but Treadwell, you, you look at the tape and what he was able to do two years ago um, on Ole Miss, and uh, the guy's a football player, and everyone says it. I've said it here. We've all said it. Um, you know, is, is, he the, is he Michael Irvin 2.0? I like it. I like his opportunity, too, because you're going to have chances there. You're on an offense where you have the protection of a solid running game. Okay, you got Adrian Peterson. So, Teddy Bridgewater, I know. He does not excite anybody. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater has more offsides drawn than touchdown passes in his career. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Are you being serious? Yes. <laughs> well, offsides drawn is, is a good thing. You know? No, I mean, there you know, is no way how I said that could make that a good uh, thing. Well, I mean, I mean, Don't try and fucking yeah. spin this one. I'll spin it this way. I think in his career, Jim Harbaugh also had more offsides drawn than touchdown passes. Well, it, it is later, that a good thing? No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try and fucking spin this one. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. I say we move off the of wide receivers. I think we've, we've, we've talked about a number of them. you got Diggs in there. Wheaton's obviously got an uptick. Whatever. Uh, check our tiers out. Uh, they're an important component. I actually... Um, am, you got anything? Marcus Wheaton actually averaged less targets per game than Darius Hayward Bay in the five games that Martavis Bryant was out last season. So expecting an uptick for Marcus Wheaton might not happen. He did have some he had a he had a he had a, a small package of games where he started to look the 200 like two hundred whatever yard game. Well he had a two hundred yard game yeah, well, yeah he, and he started to look like it was like wow this guy this guy's so I'm hoping he can bottle that up for the next season and this year, instead of him thinking he's only got four games until he's supplanted, he's sitting, wow, I gotta work my tail off right now because I got a whole season to work this through. Um, hopefully, who knows? Uh, again, I think all those guys are they come at value. Um, nothing, no one there is gonna be the uh, 
you know, knocking the lights out and, and winning your weeks. Uh, all right, let's go to running backs. Let's just quickly not even talk about it, the first tier. We'll, we'll mention them. Todd Gurley we have is the number one running ranked running back in tier one. Le'Veon Bell is number two, and uh, Adrian Peterson is number three. Only thing I'll say is I have um, I have Adrian Peterson number one just because of resume, and I just feel like I know he's going to give you 16 games. I know he's I know that team's hungry. I think they're there. That's the only reason why I've got him number 1, but Todd Gurley at 1 and Le'Veon Bell ahead of him makes sense. I would the, I would probably take the upside. The slow and steady is Adrian Peterson. I would still consider him even after being unimpressed over the, the last couple of years with him as the number 1. I'd still consider him as the number 1 pick. The thing is Todd Gurley, I don't have giant trust in. Like I'd rather take Le'Veon Bell or Adrian Peterson. You know, probably, you know, for our drafting today. These guys are, like, so close. They're at 2.0, 2.2, 2.4 in our collective average. Yeah. And it, it's, they're, they're so, close. It's so close. I don't like having Tiger Lee at number one. Can we, can we do that? I, I'm not, <laughs> can we do something about that? I agree. I was surprised. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I'm not, I, I have him in How do you get my there? number three. I don't, it's... Moe's got him at number one, but you got, you got Le'Veon Bell at three, and Moe has Le'Veon Bell at five, dri- driving down the average. So See, I guess he's worried about that injury. But here's here's what was crazy for me. Like we were we were looking at our mock draft, and I was able to grab an Adrian Peterson with the sixth pick. It's, it's amazing how much different you feel about. I have the number one overall pick. All right, I'm going to take Adrian Peterson because it's the safest pick. And then you're sitting here going, and it was number six for us. And I'm oh, those three wide receivers we talked about: Antonio, Odell, and Julio were gone. I'm going. Okay, I guess I'll take Adrian Peterson. And then you're ecstatic. <laughs> right. It's, yeah. like, it, yeah. it's all a matter of where guys fall to you about how happy you get. And Adrian Peterson last year in my main league, I think he was a 7th or 8th pick. And you're psyched with that pick. After the first week, you're a little bummed because you're like, what the hell? The guy got 9 carries? Um, so let's move on to Tier 2. Um, that I agree though. Todd Gurley at number one, and when 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 Mo took him in the draft that we did the mock draft, number one overall. That was a little surprising to me. I know he's awesome. I know the talent's there, but I need to see a little bit more. And there's a lot of risk. So let's just, let's just make this clear. So Mo is the only person that had of our tiers. Todd Gurley is number one. Um, Stags, myself, and Dogmatica each had Le'Veon Bell as our number one back. Yep. Okay. So if you want to look yeah. at it that way, we had more people had votes. Le'Veon Bell had more number one votes than Todd Gurley. Yeah. And if you're hearing that, it is raining and lightning, and Daisy it's, it's is cowering in 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 a corner in a, in a closet somewhere, all scared. It's a hell ten, of a storm. Ten year old dogs never been hurt by lightning, but still is so scared of it. Um, all right, let's move on to tier two, and that's uh, four and five. It's David Johnson and Jamal Charles. And D- I, Mo has David Johnson at number two in his tier, so he just loves that NFC West. Yeah, he loves that guy. Uh, I'm I'm not going to say much about it because I just don't... I think the running back position for me is the one position where I just need to keep watching news, hearing the reports, finding out who's going to be getting the most carries, where is opportunities to be the bell cow happening, what's going on in the preseason. Like The, the, the running back situation is going to fluctuate so much, whereas uh, the wide receivers... I have a feeling that tier one is going to stay. Maybe Julio moves up a little bit, but what running backs? There's just so many you know things that need to fall into place across the board. It's the ever changing roadmap, right? We used to be smooth sailing when we were looking at running backs. You can go through 15 to 16 running backs. I'm fine. That's why everyone had to grab two running backs yeah. as close as possible. Two of these 12. Because, because there were 
actually, about, it was about yeah. 16. There yeah, were, right, there were yeah. 16 workhorse backs. At one point in time, 20 workhorse backs. Now you can consistently project better point production deeper in the wide receiver uh, range, whereas with running backs, there are more running backs that are scoring points, but you're losing the high end. So you, you're, you're, you're just in that mid-range, so... You know, you don't get the. I want those speakers. I want those polk and those the, the high end speakers, and I'm and I'm getting stuck with uh, some Panasonics or something. You know. <laughs> so David Johnson over the last five. You weeks, don't want no Panasonic. Boston Acoustics. Over the last <laughs> over the last five weeks of the season was 20 points better than the next closest running back, and that was uh, D'Angelo Williams. He averaged 120 yards a game, averaged a touchdown a game, and you know caught 17 passes in those five weeks. It was just amazing. If he gets a workload anything close to that, uh, 107 touches in you know five weeks, that's what 21 and a half a week. You know, then he's going to have good times. If he gets 18 touches, you know, you got to bump him down a little bit. But he's one of those guys that's probably a safer bet for 18 touches than once you move down. Who knows? The next guy doesn't need 18 touches. He only needs 15. Because he's going to average five yards a carry. Like he does for his entire career. And that, that's just disgusting. So, But he's coming off his second ACL injury of his career. You know, Andy Reid had started to pull the reins back a little bit in the receiving game over the last couple of years. They get two running backs, so they gave identical two-year deals to in the offseason. They've got more weapons, you know, potentially than they've ever had. And Jeremy Macklin, Travis Kelsey... You know, your boy Chris Conley, Albert Wilson. That that might be the best wide receiving core they've had, you know, there in Kansas City. Seven's been there. Yeah. Um, and and I think Alex has uh, got a confidence right now where he feels like he doesn't need to be as much of a game but manager. And you can, still and can, have Andy Reid. And Andy Reid wants to no have doubt. everything go through that running back. Just, I mean, you can go back so many years from Deuce Staley to Brian Westbrook to... To, you name it, it was like it, he just wants to have that one guy who he's going to lean on for that season, and, and he loves Jamal. Considering you know. Jamal is, is a top seven pick, essentially, right in rounds, or do you, do you think you can get him later? You can get him in the second round usually. Wow. Okay. Well, that's I love, a, I love, that's I love him. I, I, I love him there. Wow. Um, I love him there. But okay. do you want? Do you guys want Jamal Charles in your team? Jamal Charles is currently the thirteenth pick. I the like Jamal Charles. Wow. Like if I if I'm gonna have to if I'm gonna grab a running back in the second round and you're telling me it's Jamal Charles. I agree with that. And again, because I want the guy that has the potential to break out a sixty five yard touchdown run or a catch. I agree. And I, I if, if he's a second rounder, I like it. For some reason I thought that he was still locked in that five to seven zone that he's been forever. Um, okay, amen. Let's move on to the next tier. David Johnson scares the piss out of me, won't be on any of my teams. Even though he could easily be the running back, the highest scoring running back. I just want to back you up on that real quick. But short point is, it, I just don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. And and again, for me, I especially he showed all the flashes in the world last year with the with little bits. But again, look, I, we had our discussions on Ezekiel Elliott, who's in the, is this next year, and we don't need to talk about him because we've talked about yeah. him to no, death. You can't I, talk enough about Zeke. But I'm just scared <laughs> of putting that type of high investment into a guy with little to no experience. Yeah. All right. I agree. It, it, it doesn't mean he couldn't be the number, I, highest scoring I, guy. I just won't be the guy that hits on, on those on those numbers. Like, yeah. when, when, when the guy's betting on uh, on uh, 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 16 all the time on the, on the roulette wheel, I'm never going to bet 16. Sorry. 
His five-game pace was over 300 points in the last five games of the season. You talk about how you want that high-end you know, sort of numbers that you, you can get from the running back position. That pace is 60 points higher than what Antonio Brown scored on the season. So that's the reason running backs still have that sex appeal. Yeah, and in the video, when I, when I watch him and he's got the ball in his hand, he's running, it looks fast, it looks powerful, it's kind of Bo Jackson-esque, there's no doubt about it, but again, I, th- I think I just need to see more, and there's certain people that love him so much that are going to take him over me, I'd rather get one of those top wide receivers. Let's go to Tier 3, Dougie Martin, um, he wants to be called the dog or not, guess what, I don't give a shit, we're still calling you the muscle hamster. Um... <laughs> Deal we, with it. That deal with it. Number seven is Lamar Miller. Ezekiel Elliott is number eight. <laughs> and Devontae uh, Freeman is sitting there yeah, at number in you, nine. In case you didn't know, Stags, we decided now that Ezekiel Elliott, while he'll have a crop top, he's also going to have the E.T. glowing finger. I actually, I actually, I actually found the picture today. I didn't send it to uh, Justin yet, but I found the finger finger picture. Um, so uh, shout out to Justin. I've been he's doing helping us with our characters and stuff. I gave a shout out to him last show. Amen, dude. Love it. He's coming up with these awesome templates with all of our characters and the pyro characters. So 2016, as far as our pyro characters go, are going to be slamming and awesome from the one-offs to retro jerseys. He's going to be doing some of those, uh, what are those, a storm, what are the ones on Thursday? Color uh, Rush. R- color Rush. We're going to have some Color Rush pyro, uh, pyro characters this year. Can't wait to see uh, Gurley in one of those. So thanks so much, buddy. Hype. Appreciate it all. All right. I'm not going to say anything in this round. Dougie Martin, Miller, Ezekiel Elliott, Devonta Freeman. I'm going to let you guys talk it out. Let's go a little bit fast so we can... I feel like uh, on the Mock Draft podcast, we spent a long time talking yeah, about all yeah, these guys. Yeah, we did. I agree. But hitting on Doug Martin, easy strength of schedule, should get a boatload of carries. He's one of those guys probably locked in to get 18 to 20 touches a week. Uh, you know, But Charleston sort of limits him as a receiver. And to be a number one running back... You know, you've got to have that element to your game, or you've got to put up, you know, 12 to 15 touchdowns. We didn't see that on Doug Martin last season. So he's got to score touchdowns, or he's got to add, you know, more receptions to his game to be a giant producer, to be a top five back. But hey, he was, he was second in the league in rushing last year. And the thing that's amazing about him, he did that with a rookie quarterback. So now, and, and Jameis is, is developing, he's going to get better, I think... Jameis's development, Mike Evans not dropping six passes. Six passes less dropped this year than last year. Opens a lot more ground up for Dougie Martin. I like Doug Martin. Um, I'm going to let you roll through the next two. I only have something to say about the last guy in this, and I still can't believe that the last guy in this tier, I'm actually tied for the highest having rank. I thought I was being... Uh, down on this guy, and I'm I'm apparently I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm one of the higher him. guys too, and I thought I was down no. on him as well. Devonte, Devonte Freeman, you're I know the highest. You're you're the lowest. You're I'm the lowest. lowest? Okay, okay. I <laughs> uh, still thought that was high. I, that's high for me. But so I, Lamar Miller, you know, changing teams, and they're expected to give him the workload. We've never seen him have the workload. Can he withstand the full season punishment of 20 plus touches a game? I think he can. I think he's one of those guys that you can get in the second round who could you know, potentially be a value for you as a number one type running back. Ezekiel Elliott, I don't have too much to say because he's going to be very good and they're going to give him, <laughs> they're going to give him so many touches that he's going to be safe. Like Even if he doesn't get a ton of touches, he's going to average you know, 
th- that offensive line combined last year, 5.4 yards of carry, no matter who was carrying the ball, that that's it. Um, for Ezekiel, what do you got? Okay, all I'm going to say is this. If you want to draft Ezekiel, go ahead and do it. If he blows up for the first 10 weeks, that's great. Trade him! Because if you want to live in the fantasy football championship weeks of weeks 14, 15, and 16, where rookies tend to fall off, look at Todd Gurley, who didn't even come in early in the year. What did he do at the end of last year? Did he blow it up? No. Just don't. I think he had a nice game. I think he had a nice game Wait, in the this game, if you had survived year. to that round to yeah, get yeah. there. This is the point. With those guys, when when they're coming on, especially rookies, they're coming on those, those gangbusters, it's usually for a good four or five week stretch earlier in the season, and then it starts to die down. Don't fall for it. Todd Gurley had Train double him. digit fantasy points in every game in the fantasy championship rounds. And yeah. he, he was like one player of the he was like league. He was the number six running back overall over the last five weeks. But it, you know, he did come on in that. Because I remember in our, in our Pyro League, he was like the one. He, was terrible for about six weeks right before that. We're like, God damn, we should have traded him instead of someone else. But right at the end, he came on. But he he, he had a lull. And that, but, but what you're saying is right. There's going to be these rookie walls that you hit. And Elliot's going to hit these as well. He's not going to be uh, impervious to this. The one thing that I put in my... And I, I drafted him in the first round. And in all honesty, afterwards, I was a little bit like, eh, I probably should have gotten... Uh, probably should have gone gone for a Hopkins or or an Allen Robinson. I was a little upset by that looking afterwards, but more so the one thing that scares me about Elliott, and I like him every, across the board. He they are gonna give him the opportunities, but I feel like some days when he's having the old quote unquote I'm having a bad day, um, I feel like Garrett might just be like, you know what, buddy, you got a long career ahead of you. We got some other players here. Let's see what else these guys can do. All right, let's move on. Devonta Freeman, you guys have him high, but we got to kind of start. And he's a guy that I just don't want to have on my team. Longest show ever. Um, Devonta Freeman, interesting. Like he's even when he was bad, he was the number seven running back over the last five weeks of the season in standard leagues. And over that amount of the time, you know, what do you have? I just want to say, that's the, that's the point to me. That's why I'm not going to invest in these guys. If a guy who's not putting up these great numbers is number seven, that means I'm staying away from these running backs. I don't need to be drafting super high running back. <laughs> so averaging 12 points a week down the stretch sucks. No, he wasn't, he wasn't talking that towards Devontae. He was talking towards running backs. Um, that's better than a lot of what wide receivers are doing. I hear you. Um, Devontae, is this a guy that you uh, feel comfortable going in as your uh, running back one? Right? Yeah, but he's got to be a second-round pick for me. I don't pick him in the first round. You know, because the one thing that you're seeing around uh, today, I remember reading on, I think, Roto World, where they were saying, hey, uh, Tevin Coleman. Yes, I got the guy's name. I'm not going to forget this guy's name anymore. Tevin Coleman, he's, you know, the brass and the current uh, current owner, uh, you know, coaching staff and current um, GM and and uh, system there, they're they they're the ones that took that guy high, so uh, it could eat into him. I like a Devonta; it comes into value, but I could probably see him not being on many of my teams. Let's go to tier number four. Uh, this is ten through fifteen at the running back position. Mark Ingram, Thomas Rawls, Demarco Murray is sitting there at uh, number twelve. Thirteen is Lashawn McCoy. Fourteen is Eddie Lacy, and number running back fifteen is Jonathan Stewart. Out of those guys, I mean, Rawls has been moving down for me for all the precise reasons. Now you're hearing Sherman and other players saying they're not sure if friggin' Lynch is retired. That's 
gonna certainly, if all of a sudden uh, Fugly McSkittles is like, you know what, guys? Psych, I'm back. First off, hey, prick. We drafted a bunch of running backs. We wouldn't have done that if you weren't leaving. So I, I almost worry that uh, is he allowed back after doing something like that? I mean, what they drafted literally what two running backs in this draft? Three. I mean, if you if he had stuck around, we could have gotten other players. Um, but uh, Rawls is moving down a little bit, and even more than that, he's not practicing his injury. They're saying that he's. He's not an OTAs guy. He's, he's just not back there. So while I love the opportunity and everything, I'm 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 definitely he's falling. He's free falling down my rankings uh, just because until he's there and he's the the workout the workhorse back and the guy in that system, uh, I I can't be as high on him as I was two months ago. The thing is with Rawls, for him to have a great season, he needs like 250 carries because he is not going to catch the ball, like. He was awful catching the ball last season. He's awful in production. That means he needs 250-plus you know, touches, and he needs to have a good yards per carry. His yards per carry last season was insane and inflated the stats where he averaged 5.6 yards a carry. And this isn't a burner. There's no way he's averaging 5.6 yards a carry again. What do you well, got? What the do you thing, got, the thing that I need to see from him, though, is the touchdowns. If he can add the touchdowns <clears throat> because... That's the whole thing. He was a four-touchdown, uh, rushing touchdown. He had one receiving touchdown. <laughs> Nine catches, he didn't have one receiving touchdown. But can he be a 10 to 12-touchdown guy? Um, you know, I mean, he's got good enough size, 5'10", 220 pounds. You're, you're able to be that type of a guy. Are they going to give him the opportunities, or is Russell Wilson going to poach too many from him potentially also? Can I ask you guys a question to go on to the next game? Yeah. Marco Murray or LaShawn McCoy? Who do you want more out of those two guys, Stags? I'm biased. I can't answer the question. <laughs> right, you like McCoy? Yeah, no, I like uh, Demarco Murray. Oh, okay. I don't. You're a you're a McCoy guy too. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I thought you were more McCoy than anybody. Um, what about you? I don't like either of those guys, to be honest. It's like, but if I'm gonna if I'm gonna choose one, I'm definitely taking Lashawn McCoy. I will definitely take Rex Ryan, who's going to lean on him very heavily, versus the fact that. Uh, the we tell you, Demarco, you're our guy, and then we da- draft Derrick Henry in the second round. I'm not worried about. I'm Derek worried about Henry. it. For, Why is everybody worried about Derrick Henry? Not Here's what, I'm, I'm not worried, worried about, about it for yardage. I'm worried about it for touchdowns. It's called poach. You you take us all the way down the field. It happened to him in Philadelphia last year. He didn't score the touchdowns. He didn't score you a lot of fantasy points. I need to have. That's what I want. I gotta have that guy that I know when it gets to the red zone, it's him. But what about Carlos Williams? You're not at all concerned about that. You know what? <laughs> Listen, but look, can we can we agree to this though? Let's, let's, let's flip it. Who scored more touchdowns let's, in the can, last two seasons? Let's, than let's flip Moore? it. Can I flip it? Can I let me can I, let me yeah, let me make the point? The, uh, that's not a touchdown dependency for Carlos Williams, wouldn't you say? Yeah. So is that all of a sudden? You know, and again, was Carlos Williams anybody that anyone knew about? Was he the guy that anyone was preparing for? No, they were preparing for Lashawn McCoy. So Carlos Williams. Was able to take everybody by storm over that period of time. It was a touchdown a game for what the first six games or seven, seven games of the year. It's not going to happen again. I that's like the way, I, that's the way yeah. I feel about David Johnson as well. It's right, like a lot of guys you take caught him by, by storm, surprise, a and now bit. you're you're looking at him, you're game planning for him. But okay, so I just want to put that Eddie Lacy, and maybe this will make us move through a little bit better. Eddie Lacy <laughs> or uh, Jonathan Stewart? Who do each Jonathan you guys Stewart. like? Stewart. Eddie Lacy. You like Eddie Lacy? Eddie Lacy catches the ball. Eddie Lacy can score. Is not going to get vultured by his touchdown. 
uh, by by his quarterback for touchdowns. I mean, um, you know, Jonathan Stewart is the main back there now. I don't see real uh, cameras are are pain doing any type of damage to him. He is able to catch the ball out of the backfield. No, he's not. Not last year. He, he had a catch a game last he year. He has the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Let's go back into his history and look at look at the player who he is. Um, he also does not have asthma problems. He does not have weight <laughs> problems. And he is a solid team player. Okay, I like it. Solid I like it. You, I gotta say, you guys are arguing hey, much better today. <laughs> and this is this is our listening audience is gonna like the like the the, the fluidity of your arguments. Far, what is far the more. last time Jonathan Stewart had more than twenty six catches in a season? A, a long time ago. But I like what he did in you know five what? games. Two thousand eleven. He cannot catch. Oh my god! You're incredible. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, are they gonna lit? They're giving catches to Fozzie Whitaker. Like, Fozzie Whitaker. <laughs> Fozzie? Fozzie? Okay, let's go on to the next one. Uh, to be honest, that tier, tier four running back, eesh, that's, I like DeMarco Murray, and I'm not worried about uh, Henry, um, but I don't know. I think Henry's going to vulture touchdowns. I mean, if he gets six touchdowns on the year, and you're a DeMarco Murray owner, you're going to be pissed. I will say this from our mock draft and doing some other mock drafts, I hate running backs real quickly. Um, more so than wide receivers, and that's yeah. something to consider for those first two rounds for me. Like going running back, wide receiver, wide receiver. That I love my wide receiver, and I'm a wide receiver guy. But then I'm just poosicling, uh the 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 running back situation. So let me make and you feel like better. Because here's the guy at the top of the next tier, yeah. tier five. By the way, 16 through 20, so five guys. Matt Forte at 16, Latavius Murray at uh, 17, C.J. Anderson 18, Matt Jones 19, who I know you're high on D-Rex, and Carlos Hyde at 20. Matt like Forte is the guy that I find to be the most interesting because, okay, he left and, and everyone thought he was going to go to New England. He ends up going to the Jets. Personally, I think it's a great landing spot. And then he's falling this far. He's got value. He's got such value because he will catch the ball out of the backfield. And I know he's had more than 26 catches <laughs> in a season. I can guarantee you. It's okay. I, just, I think he had 100, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So, I chose an arbitrary cutoff point that screwed you. So. I know you did. So I, I'm, I'm going to say with Matt Forte, though, I love the value of, of getting him here. You're talking about getting him with Matt Forte in the fourth or fifth round. Um I'm in, I'm way a fourth in. round for sure. I'm all in on him because, look, he has the protection of the big, huge wide receivers outside. What is the other advantage of them being touchdown guys and and and, and big guys? They block, and Brandon Marshall is the best blocking wide receiver in in the league. So you're going to have that uh, ability. You're going to have the fact that Todd Bowles comes from the Bruce Arians. Uh, uh, tree, and that means you're going to run the football, and that means Matt Forte is going to be involved. Who are the other challengers there to Matt Forte's throne? Garbage. Bilal Powell. Bilal Powell. Bilal Powell. They do. They do. I know, and, but and I've seen him. That means he just has a job for two more years. Here's the thing with with Forte. When you're seeing that you can get this guy who's been a perennial first rounder for. Last long, four years. As long as we can, four or five years. When you're getting this guy in the mid to late fourth round, woo, wow, is that value. And you're going to play that game where you're going for these wide receivers early and you can still be getting this guy as one of your RB1 or two. Um, it's a pretty good time. There are unknowns. She's going to a new system. But 
and he's be, he's going to be 30 and all this stuff. But if there was a player in a, in a style of play and a style a mindset of a player that is uh, smart and a hard worker and just can do anything that's asked of him, isn't going to be a fucking pain in the ass diva on the team. Well, it's this guy. Offense. I like and in, in, in the offense, like Look, you said. But Fitzpatrick is not a guy that throws you 300 yard games, yeah. even if he comes back. They run the football. Chris Ivory. How many? How good was Chris Ivory? Where was he drafted last? year? He was like the 40th running back drafted last year. And ended up probably the top no, one. No, Ivory was actually going pretty high last year. He was going pretty high last year. Two years ago, he was valued for not going. What do you got, buddy? So, Matt Forte over the last five weeks of the season was the number three back in fantasy. Jesus. And remember, he was also, he had a little injury in the midseason mm-hmm. that let Langford show up. You know, and then that limited him a little bit mm-hmm. over the last five weeks of the season. He was in a timeshare a little bit towards the end of the season where they were giving work to Kadeem Carey. They were giving work to Jeremy Langford. So they wanted to see what the future held for them when they were out of it. Yeah. So we saw Matt Forte in a bit of the timeshare last season, and he scored well. Here's what I'll say. If last year Brandon Marshall... A bear, ex-bear, for his first year with the Jets, was able to surpass and be this hyper-value pick that I know I'm pretty sure I had. I know I had him on my, I had him on both my teams. One, I, I won a fantasy championship. Matt Forte is that guy this year. You know what? A bear that's going to the Jets, that comes at a value, and I'm going to tell you, if he can stay healthy, he <laughs> is there is going... any other options? No, no, no. Because <laughs> you have the bear have... that goes to the Jets? Well, no, like... Like, like, those two teams, but it's the Bears same and guy, Jets, one year apart. And Bears and Jets are, are two very similar, although Jets more so than Bears, where you never think of the Jets as like, oh, i got to get this guy for fantasy off of the Jets. Yeah. Not since Keyshawn Johnson. Which I didn't want him. Right, a lot of no one did. That's what I mean. He was the highest valued guy. Remember when San Antonio Holmes? Because remember when Santonio Holmes went to, to New York and everyone and I was a, a dynasty and I went, No, what are you doing to me? <laughs> All right. <laughs> what, what else we got in this one? Go. I, I, I'm not going to talk about Matt Jones I other than I'm high on him. CJ Anderson is the enigma in this one. We don't know if this guy is something to be. Uh, thought of highly or something to just stay away from. I think with with all the, uh, the the concern and whatever around him, I just stay away. I just know that he's someone I'm staying away from. I'm you're so high on Matt Jones. I just don't know why I'm not so high on him. I need I need, need someone to convince me because in this in this group, I love Matt Forte and I love Latavius Murray. Um, the other three, Anderson, Jones, and Hyde, I I have a lot of question marks. I'm just high on the team, the personnel that brought him there, the offense, and the fact that right now, as far as he, and I'm not going to say anything because I talk about him too much, as long as he doesn't fumble, and he's got to get going in the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. if he has, if he's done the beginning of the season, the rookie that they just grabbed that I know Stag Party likes, uh, taking the other side of a Jones, and, and if I take Jones as high as I probably will, I'm sure I'll probably have him as my backup as well. Um, what's his name again? Keith Marshall. Marshall, yeah. <laughs> uh, I really, I just like him. He's a sick talent. The body's ridiculous, and you know Scott McLaughlin went after him, and that that was that was going to be his beast mode. And he had at moments good, good, good games and good opportunities, and he had some good moments last year. Had some really close. To, I think he fumbled going into the end zone twice, 
And there was just a lot of times where it was the, the Kirk Cousins show. I, hopefully they can well-round it out. I just like his talent in the same way I like Carlos Williams. But Carlos Williams has a, a stud in front of him. Matt Jones doesn't. Well, I have a, in front of me a Valverde. Okay, here's a shout out of a cannon. Oprah, Barbara Walters, your wife. You gotta fuck one, marry one, kill one. Go! <laughs> um, I think I'll marry my wife because I already did that. And what were my other choices? Uh, kill yeah, one, yeah. fuck okay, one. Okay, here's a shout out of a cannon. Oprah, Barbara Walters, your wife. You gotta fuck one, marry one, kill one. Go! I'm fucking Barbara Walters. Oh my sure. god. That little, that little old time killing slop Oprah. tart. Killing Oprah. I'm going with that slop tart. Get, I'm knocking the dust out of Barbara Walters, too. <laughs> Think about... I mean, because she's been around some crazy shit. Oh, yeah. you, you, you know, at least for the stories in bed after sex. You got you to gotta have that. Absolutely. Oprah, I'm staying away from <laughs> Sorry, Oprah. Uh, so, C.J. Anderson. C.J. Anderson's a guy who could... You know, come on strong like he did two seasons ago and like he did last season, but is he going to start stronger? Like, you know, the quarterback situation's a question mark. You know, they drafted a running back who's a similar ilk, similar size, similar build, similar speed. They're pretty similar players when you look at Booker and you look at C.J. Anderson. So that concerns me a little bit. Matt Jones, you know, fumbling issues aside, you know, they want his body is great. And his athleticism with his body is great. But I need to see it more for than one long touchdown catch. But he also did have a huge like second week of the season or third week of the season that gets you a little bit excited. Should he get you know more carries? That's something we have to see sort of play out. The one thing that I think you do bring up with a lot of other players, and I know you're not high on him, and let's move on to the next tier, is he can catch, not just because he had that one game, and he, he, he can be a, he can be an every down back. He can do that, but I don't know if they want him to do that as well. Fair enough. They, they've got Chris Thompson, who they seem to like for God knows what reason. Um, but I like Carlos Hyde from our mock draft. One of my regrets is not grabbing a Chris Hyde. It, could he be a garbage, maybe? But in Chip Kelly, what the hell else do they have there? Look at some running backs that were doing some good stuff on without Chip Kelly on that shitbox team. Well, also look at, at Chip moments. Kelly. Chip Kelly I, does I, like to, to to use running backs. It's like it's a he's misnomer. Got besides this guy, they didn't draft any running backs, did they? Look at the look at the year Lashawn McCoy Dron. had. Look at the Sean Look at the year Lashawn McCoy had his first year with Chip Kelly. That was a pretty good year. Yeah, I like. So, He's I another understand that guy. you know people are looking at say Demarco last year, this, that, and the other thing, but basically Carlos Hyde when running against a box that isn't stacked is so much better than running against a stacked box. Chip Kelly runs such a spread open offense that you know there should be less linebackers on the field, which means better openings for Carlos Hyde. And Hyde sort of ran out of a spread offense in college. So that's good things. Like it. All right, let's move on to tier number six. Let's cruise through this so we can get a handful more tiers, and then we are going to be just guys listening to us. We are going to be flying through quarterbacks and tight ends, which I'm happy with. But you know, uh, and, and let's put it this way: I would think that quarterbacks and tight ends are the two positions that you have the least amount of concern. It's always running back and wide receiver as to are you making the right choices here? Absolutely. I'm going to do a really quick pyro promo just because we have to. Um, so I'm going to do it. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Hook us up. We lo- we had somehow our, our show uh, jettisoned into two different shows a while ago. So we had half of our uh, reviews and, and, and um, thumbs ups and whatnot on iTunes. 
um, on one show, and they, another bunch went to another one, and we had to friggin' delete one of them to help our standing there. So we lost out on like 50 reviews, um, and those aren't coming back. So do us a favor, give us a review, subscribe to us on iTunes, give us a high rating, a five-star rating there. It helps our stature. It helps us become on notes and newsworthy for there. It just helps us all around to get more people to find out about the show. That doesn't mean they're going to be in, the, in your league, but help us out there. I would like to just ask you, if you have not, if you've been listening to our show, you're new to us or you're old to us, and you have not gone to iTunes, if you don't use iTunes, that's one thing. But if you're using um, iPhone, and you're using uh, subscribing through iTunes. If you go there, give us a review. Give us a shout out. It helps us. Come on. We're giving this. We're delivering this every week and giving you a tons of love. Give the love back, as Mo likes to say. It doesn't take a lot of time. And obviously, you know that we're here for a few hours. So, you know what? We're going to take a break right now. Why don't you go ahead and go to iTunes and we'll go ahead and, and we'll, come, we'll resume our, our conversation when you come back. Amen. Oh, awesome. good to have you back. Thanks for that review. Appreciate totally it. Totally appreciate it. Um, amen. That's pretty awesome. Let's uh, let's get into this next tier, um, and it's an interesting tier, no question. It's tier six, uh, running back 21 through 26. 21 is Jeremy Hill. Deion Lewis is 22. Jeremy Langford, 23. Ryan Matthews, 24. J.H.I., 25. And 26 is Chris Ivory. To be honest, in that tier, I like, and I, this is all I'm going to say, I like Hill, I like Ryan Matthews, and I like Ajay. My, mine are completely different. Guys I don't like are Jeremy Langford and Chris Ivory. Well, the guys that I don't like... And those are two guys I don't like out yeah. of that as well. We've got two overlapping don't likes. You, you like the Lewis. I like Hill as well. Um, Deion Lewis is a guy that I'm, I'm 50-50 on. Same with Jeremy Langford. Like, you know... I don't know what I'm going to get out of them, I, but I know that there's there's good potential there. Um, the guy that is is surprisingly getting growing on me. Everyone, Matthews. I know, and a guy He's who I was so high He's on in his second year, and it's like, but the fact is, they didn't bring anybody else in after they got rid of Demarco Murray. So it's, it's the same there. cast and crew there. He's going to get a, a good share of carries. And they're also talking about sending out Darren Sproles. Yeah. So that means he could get third down. That's two? Yeah. What? Right, because what? He, he was that guy that in his, uh, what was his rookie year? He had like 60 or 70 catches in his rookie year. And people were like, wow, here's the next ultra complete back, this, that, and the other thing. And then clavicle, clavicle, collarbone, yeah. ow! Banged up, banged up around. <laughs> well, the one guy we won't get to in this, but it, it, it is a hot topic around. I think we were one of the first people to mention him is uh, is Westwood. Wendell Smallwood. Smallwood. Westwood. Westwood won yeah. radio. Westwood. Westwood. Yeah, no, uh, Smallwood. That's one of the great names. We got Woodhead and Smallwood. Um, but yeah, he seems to be uh, popping up and being more and more popular on that Eagles team. I love Deion Lewis. Uh, you mean on the, uh, the Dolphins? No. Oh, no, right. I'm sorry, Eagles. Um, but you know what he is? He's really more just... He's a Sproles. He's a, yeah, he's a change of pace guy or, the, or the, that receiving guy. He's Absolutely. not going to... He's a Sproles. He doesn't threaten Matthews in any way, shape, or form. I agree with, I agree with that. Just keep an eye on it. Sproles on the way out. That, that uh, small wood. Uh, he'll, he'll, yeah, you're right. No, I'm sorry. I didn't see where you are going. 
he absolutely has a chance to, to jump into that Sproles road and become, and he'll be a value because he's going to be a guy that's going to go undrafted. Yeah, people, people, people are starting to talk about him. But Deion Lewis, I like what he can do. He's obviously, I just worry about him and, and, and his injuries. But more so than that, his ADP is not is, is not sinking up. But he's going high. There's a lot of people that love him. He's on that team, the the the, 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 the Patriots, and people just seem. I just don't like Deion Lewis with. The value in the he's fifth going. round. No, I don't like that. <sighs> yeah, high, he was a guy that was undrafted Running last year. Running back three in standard leagues. In yeah, but, but being drafted as a running, running back, back three, three, I know, but I just but worry about that healthiness. And the worry is that are you going to be a guy running back three? Maybe, maybe so. But what if I went wide receiver, wide receiver, and now I have to make him my running back one <laughs> in the fifth yes. round? That's, you're that's your running back one. Well. Okay, fifth round. Okay, fifth no, round. I, don't, I don't like him in the fifth round. I just don't. I, I like I like a guy like I like some of these other guys we're talking about here, like a Ryan Matthews. At least I, I feel like he's going to be down I, I like and I I thought you I I just worry about him. I agree I agree with what you're saying. Going in with the Dion Lewis day one, he's more of a flex guy for me, and that's never going to happen. I don't know. He just worries me. And we, 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 we talked we, about we talked about, about, about him last week because the other concern is. He's not a guy that's going to get more. He's like a Darren Sproles. He's never going to get more than 110 carries in the season. Oh, he'll get less than 100. Yeah, they got 49 last year, I think is what it was. So yeah, it's like half the season. Yeah, yeah. but you but know, also when Legarrette was that out, was, they gave him 15. But that carries. was also because Legarrette was out. Remember for a big portion of time. Now if Legarrette's there and he's getting all those carries, I think that just it. it I'd rather wait and have Legarrette. I would rather too because you're going to get the touchdowns with Blunt. Okay, here's and quick. even though Lewis scored a bunch of them last year. All right, let's, let's Jer- move on. Jer- well, let's move on. But Jeremy <laughs> Hill is a guy that t- uh, last year. Let's not go too much into because we talked about it on our show. Yeah. Uh, but Jeremy Hill, what are your expectations for him this year, Stag Party? Because I think you loved him two years ago. You weren't as high on him last year. Where are you at right now? Is he gonna get 222 carries? <laughs> and what is that? What? That's because that's the exact number he's gotten in the first two seasons of his career. Uh, but he averaged 5.1 his rookie year, and then he averaged, uh, what, lower at 4.3? Yeah. or four? No, lower than that. Lower than that. 4.1, I think. 3.9 last year. So TD he, guy last year, can he bundle it all together and be I think so. a value? Is he, I, I think, I think he's Jeremy a value is a guy. secretly value. The thing is, I agree. With, with Gio you know, taking receptions, that sort of limits his complete upside. But if Gio were to go down, this is a guy who could just be an absolute dominator. And sort of building in that small handcuff, you know, that works for you. Um, all right, let's move on to that next tier. And this is tier number seven. Let's cruise through. Let's cruise through this. this, tier this seven. Is, I, have, I have, like, loves and hates in this tier. Tier seven. 20, rank, 27th ranked guy, Danny Woodhead. Uh, 28th is Amir Abdullah. A lot of talk, chatter about him this week. TJ Yeldon is sitting there at 29. Carlos Williams, 30. Melvin Gordon, 31. LeGarrette Blunt, running back, 32. Charles Sims, running back, 33. Giovanni Birdie, three, uh, Bernard, 33. Giovanni Birdie? Birdie, three. Uh, <laughs> um, I agree with you. There's some loves and some hates, but let to me, be let honest, let me, there's a lot more hates. Yeah, there are more hates for me. because The love for me is LeGarrette Blunt because... You know, you look at this tier. You got Woodhead, Abdullah. You know, and maybe Abdullah is a guy that I, I can warm Abdul. back up to a little bit. But at the same time, I'm as I'm not warming up to T.J. Yeldon. I I can believe in Carlos Williams also. He's the other guy. The other guys, though, 
I know everyone has this love for Charles Sims, but I really think that, that Doug Martin has righted his ship, and I'm not... And I'm worried that if you're going to draft Charles Sims, you're probably not going to see that ultimate advantage that you could get from him if Martin falters until week five, six, seven. And so it's like you're you may be overreaching and then you're not getting the results for him. And then the people that will end up having the benefit from Charles Sims will not be the people that drafted him. Um, you can't drop Charles Sims. Well, you shouldn't, but we, we, we listen to all these people. You know, I'm sorry, fans, but... This is one of these things that are crazy all the time. People always talk about, well, I draft this guy's doing nothing for it. I just want to get rid of him. Well, when you're in a situation where you are the handcuff guy to taking over an offense, you should not be dropping that guy. And that's also why... Um, the thing I, is with Charles Sims, he's, he's more than a handcuff because he averaged 12 touches a week. How many other running backs can say they average 12 touches a week? Like, you know, whether they have handcuffs or not... Uh, he averaged eight fantasy points a week in his rookie year. You know, he he was good in his rookie year in limited touches. He's going to be, you know, there's nobody else there to worry about. Mike but James, Storm Jones. What I, what I work- Charles Sims is a value where you're getting him because he's a starting flex player most every week. And here's the other benefit that you get from getting him. This is also why he's a great handcuff in, in this sense because Martin's going to get a heavy workload. Well, what happens when a guy gets a heavy workload? He he gets more exposed to injury. So, you know, where if you have this, like, pure committee-type backfields, you know, well, if a guy, if you're getting 10 touches and he's only, oh, your opponent, your, your guy that you're competing was getting 15, it's not that big of a deal. But if the guy's getting 22 and all of a sudden, wow, after a couple weeks takes a hit or just the wear of getting beat down and if he's not learning how to run out of bounds or take hits correctly and let him be glancing blows... Boom, you're into a very prominent role in the offense. The thing is, Charles Sims had seven or nine games last season with seven or more fantasy points. He's sort of that slow and steady guy at maybe a flex position that you're not going to love, but he's going to be that guy who's there for you every week. And in PPR leagues, he had like double-digit fantasy points in nearly every game last season. But that's why this tier is interesting. That's why LeGarrette Blunt stands out like a goddamn sore thumb to me. Here's a guy that's going to get touchdowns and is going to get... How, how many touchdowns is he getting? He'll get you eight touchdowns on the year. He's Who? Get you, Which guy? LeGarrette Blunt. He's going to get you a touchdown every other week. And he's the guy who's going to, uh, you know, he's not going to, I know he's not going to give you the rushing yards. But again, I'm not looking at him in PPR leagues. But if I'm sitting here and going, do I want a guy that's going to get at least 15 carries to 20 carries a game? And sometimes they'll just feed the rock to him ridiculously. And they will. I'll take my chances there. And again, I, I will take my chances if I'm drafting a, a running back in 27 to 34, who has the potential for eight touchdowns? None of those other guys have that, that type of potential. They're just kind of sneaking around. Maybe they're going to get five. Yeah, it's because push well, their way up. also only going to have 800 yards. I think all the guys in this will, will <coughs> out of ADP, will be lower than you think, which is a good thing. Yeah. Where I think LeGarrette Blunt's a guy that sticks around longer than he probably should just because of the depth and whatnot. So I, so I Danny like that. Woodhead always does. And Danny Woodhead always does. The hype train for Amir Abdullah will start. Start up pretty soon. It started this week. <laughs> it you started. Week. Detroit Free Press was basically saying it's Amir Abdullah's backfield. We talked on our show last week. We want to stay away yeah. from Detroit, but Abdullah, I, I loved what I saw in college out of him. We don't know if his body can handle it at the NFL level, but he's a talented mofo. He is. So if they can figure out a way to do that, um, Javad Best uh, kind of situation. He's not Bush. that. He's not Reggie that. Bush. He's not that electric. 
Uh, and Reggie Bush was kind of a, a little haggard by the time he he's got to Detroit. What? He's not that elect. He's not as electric. I don't boogie, think. Boogie, boogie, boogie. Sorry, I had to throw it um, <laughs> It's be best. Um, but Amir Abdul, I agree. He, it, 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 the train is, was started this week, and one another train has started probably when I was in seventh grade, about, which would make me about 12 years underage to drink. I'm not going to call him dad. Brennan, you're 39 years old. I would not expect you to call him dad. Well, I'm not going to, ever. Even if there's a fire. Robert better not get in my face. Because I'll drop that motherfucker. Was the drinking age in 1967 25? Whoa! I have poor math. I like I'm gonna be honest, and I hope none of my uh, nephews are. I hope none of my nephews are listening. Uh, my my godson, my oldest nephew, graduated from ETH. Congratulations, Griff! You're awesome. But these guys are like in sixth and sixth grade, freshman year, and the other guy's about to be in. A, and I, I just know that they just do not hang out and drink beers. And I've said this to you guys before. They're just not big drinkers. And I look at Cooper, who's in sixth grade and going to be in seventh grade. And I remember the shit that I was doing in seventh grade. And I look at this kid and I'm just like, oh, my God, I am so I was such a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, what an animal I used to be. I, I did it all. Sigs. Um, drink. We would drink beers because all of our brothers were older, and they would get us beers. Good sex. <laughs> this is the funnest night ever. <laughs> yeah. So you just got to figure Amir Abdul is moving up and up. T.J. Yeldon. You're reading now. It's all of a sudden the guy went from good times last year and actually showed some sparks to. Now he's going to be a third down back. Chris Ivory's basically the man there. I don't see T.J. Yeldon on my team. No, T.J. Yeldon's not Maybe he's on handcuff? my team. I, I, I can only hope for Yeldon that this is one of those moves that you bring in Ivory, you say instead of us heaping everything's going to be you, that now he's able to really kind of flourish in more of a limited role. Sometimes guys are just better when they're, when they're getting the limited touches and they're not being expected to have... So much weight heaped on him. Yep. Let's just remember, Chris Ivory's not the perfect picture of health. So you're getting that added sort of, he could be a workhorse if Ivory's down. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes him sort of interesting. That's, but, it, you know, middle of the draft, you know, this is what it's coming to in the middle of the draft. you got to take a guy who's going to get some work, but who could become more. Yeah. And that's why if you get Yeldon, he's, he's got some built-in work for him, but he could be much more. But at the same time, too, it's still... Jacksonville, we, we did talk about how they have built up their defense and all these other things, but they're still not a team that's going to be dominating games, and there are going to be games where they're going to be blown out, and they're just going to abandon the run. Yep. Which is better for Yeldon. True. That is true. <laughs> this true. this year true. is better for Yeldon. Last year it was not. That's true. It's a good point. That's a great Very point. good point. Great point. Um, Carlos Williams, I like him because we know... So I, the same thing. McCoy's going to get hurt, in my opinion. But you also know this. Rex Ryan likes to run the ball no matter what. So if and if LaShawn goes down, you know that he has no hesitation of making Carlos that same type of guy. Ah, but even that type of guy right now is only 18 touches. 
I mean, Gillisley's still going to get some. You know, he's going to get seven maybe a game. They're just seven like, for Gillisley? I come. I don't know. I, what I, he was able to do, he man. He's, expo- he's explosive. I know, but you, know, you always have these things that happen at the end of last season. And, and, and I've been one of those guys that, for a long time. We speculate. Oh, well, he'll get... Doesn't always work that way. It's like it's the end of the year because everyone's hurt, What's and all of a like, sudden you 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 burn through deep on the depth chart, and so you're giving guys more carries. But exactly, if we expect Lashawn McCoy to be out, and we expect them not to heap a full load up, that means Gillisley. Yeah, but I don't expect Lashawn McCoy to be out. He'll be banged up for some weeks. <laughs> I do. I do. Oh, I do. Be, oh no, he does. Well, of course he's gonna. Well, I mean, how, how many running backs actually last sixteen games? Not, not many, not especially many. not a guy that plays the way. McCoy but if I got a running play. back who's going to play at least twelve games, that's I mean, you can miss one out of every four games. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Playing twelve <laughs> out of sixteen. Hey, if I just know that you're going to miss, and it's not one of those ones where it's like, oh, he's going to start, and then I play you, and you get four carries, and you're out of the game. Don't you think with Rex that there's the possibility that a Carlos Williams and LaShawn McCoy could be this this uh, lightning and thunder type of operation where instead of it just being McCoy until he gets hurt or banged up, he's getting all these opportunities where it's, they kind of even it out a little bit? Did Rex I ever could. do that with Thomas Jones? Who was the, who was this? Well, Dang and Thomas at the time, right? Uh, LT. Right, but it was. Was it was it, well, they, I think well, no, no, no was Thomas LT, Jones had a younger guy originally. He did, and and then Latanian had a different guy. <laughs> was not I don't know. Latantian, 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 Latantian. Did Latanian play with Thomas Jones? I think so. Was that the end of the career? I don't like, think so. Thomas I, Jones is older than that. I felt like it was supposed to be someone that was supposed to have it, and Ladanian came in yeah. all of a sudden. It's like, why is Ladanian getting all these carries after the horrible year he had the year before? I don't think it was Tom, it wasn't Thomas Jones, but you're right. It was there was a player that was going to be something, and then Ladanian came in and siphoned it. But I, Thomas Jones was long before that. Sean uh, Green. Sean Green. Oh, that's Sean. it. That's right. It. How could that's I forget it. my Iowa Sean guy? Sean Green, hey. Iowa guy. Hey, uh, Melvin Gordon. Okay, let's not Michael talk about Frasher, too much. Michael we've talked about him a we, lot. He was a big bus guy. He was the cover picture for our last. Uh, I'm, he's practicing and running around in OTAs, so he's ahead of where we thought. Zero concern over Michael Fracture here. Okay. I have zero. <laughs> I, when I saw him, that he was running around today, it made me good. One thing I will say, wasn't Victor Cruz running around in OTAs last year? Yeah, he was. Yeah, but that's, that's not the same injury. I, they're just saying Running around and playing doodly catch, I can go play catch and just get and just be like. I thought he was a full my... participant in OTAs, which is much different than running around on the side. All right, let's see, let's see. I, I'm, I'm I'm concerned about Melvin. Gordon. But but today's news, it came out today, did was a little eye opening. But I'm concerned because I just don't think he's that good. Regardless, um, should here's we move the, on, or do you got anybody else in here? I've I've heard all your negatives on Melvin Gordon. The positives are. They drafted a center to, who can get up to the second level. They added his fullback from college, and that's their first, you know, true fullback in yep. the system. They're going to run more of a power. You know, Wisenhunt is a guy who likes missing, mixing and matching pieces mm-hmm. and running things that they're best at, and that gives me a, some hope over you know, ha, you know, putting that square peg into a round hole last season. Yeah, no, and I agree. I think the fullback is a big, big addition for him. But the problem for me is that. Here's a guy that in college showed so much of that burst and speed and getaway, and he didn't show any of that last year. And I don't, I don't know about that. I think he had like five carries for over 20 yards. I mean, but they were just like you just 
the decisiveness that he showed in college, he did not show any decisiveness in most that's, of his runs. And that's to be it, no, it is, but it's not always because because th- that's why there are guys who are a lot of times who the, the third, fourth, fifth round, sixth round picks that end up being better than the first and second round picks. Do you remember a year ago me saying after they drafted him, they showed him in the locker room and being like shown around and touring the thing. He was just too big. He was like a friggin', uh, he was like a Mr. Universe contestant. I just hope that this guy isn't so bulky and and just flexed out and so muscular that he just doesn't have the lateral movement, he doesn't have the explosion. So, I don't know. I I guess I'm not going to hate on Melvin Gordon because the only thing I was really hating on was the injury and the fact that microfracture and having 16 holes in your knee can never be a good thing. But if he's jogging around 15 now, holes, okay. 16, we've got a problem. <laughs> so, so Thomas Jones. Talking about a square <laughs> hole and a round peg. <laughs> so Thomas Jones was replaced by Lindanian Tomlinson. since they no, never overlapped. So yeah. who was the guy? It, it was, was Sean, it was Green, Sean and who, Green. And who was the guy that Thomas Jones was, was paired with all the time then? Because there was a... He, he was like in a time. PK Ripper's gonna love this episode. We've I know, never right? talked about like the Jets going more. Into all the Jets, Jets, he's like Jets. driving. He's driving around Uber right now. He's like, "No, I'm busy. You're totally <laughs> empty. I called you. I got you. No, we're good. I'm out. I'm I gotta gone. replay this section yeah. of the podcast again and again and again and again." By the way, shout out to PK Ripper. Thanks for those news feeds. You're the man. We love you. You're hilarious. The text messages, just the the feedback you get on our Leon tweets. Washington. Um, Man, maybe. But PK Ripper. Amen. Nice work, dude. You're the man. I love you, dude. Uh, I'm going to do a quick Pyro promo, um, and uh, I'm going to make it really quick. Pyro Pro, check it up. Sign sign up today. It's our premium package. Lots of amazing content. Uh, Resource toolbox. You can ask the second opinions. We'll answer them. Uh, And if you guys that are pyro pros, you know how much you love that tool. Just being able to sit there like, I got a question for my pyro experts, and we're going to sit there and answer an in-depth question. Uh, Pretty awesome. Uh, You can put in up to 100 players that you have on all your fantasy teams and follow the news feeds and the information and the player rank. When we change player rankings information, it goes there. In season, out of season, it's awesome, awesome, awesome. Check it out. It's 40 bucks for uh, for the year, and that's one year. It's not if you buy it now, it's not done at the Super Bowl. It goes from today. If you buy it today, you're gonna have it until the 24th or 25th or whatever of May 2017. So pick it up. And I'm gonna be honest, appreciate all we've had probably five people buy it in the last uh, week. And that's awesome. That's off season. And you guys are all buying at the 40 clip, and we appreciate it. And I know for a fact, if you use it and you put set up your players and you ask the second opinions and you really utilize this tool, you will not regret it. And I promise you, you will, if not bring home a championship, because sometimes luck and injuries play into it, you will be the top team that should have won it. And uh, that's all I'll say about it. So Pyro Pro, pick it up. Uh, 40 bucks for a month for a year you can buy it for a month for 10 bucks and you can uh, pick it up for five bucks for a week we are going to be uh, adding a lot more information to the resource toolbox and actually plugging in a lot more free stuff and pyro pro stuff that we've kind of kept open because we didn't want to all of a sudden last year when we first released pyro pro we didn't want to all of a sudden start having this paywall being there and people being bummed out but you're gonna start seeing it 
some of the content you're going back and seeing on a regular basis for free uh, a few times. By the fourth or fifth time you go there, we're going to be kind of like some of the other sites like Rotoviz and some of the other sites like Numberfire and some of these other of our contemporaries that are using these paywall platforms and charging for their content. Pyro's heading there. There's still going to be a ton of free stuff, a ton of it, including this podcast, but just... Just know that we're heading in the direction where uh, a lot of it's free, but there's going to be some premium stuff too. Pyro Pro, worth every penny. Amen to you. Stag Party, what you had, I saw you answered a bunch of second opinions today, and I, I saw I read the answers and the people that asked those questions. When they get that in their inbox, they're probably just like, damn, dude, that is carte blanche service. So Pyro Pro, pick it up. All right. Are we going to move on? Should we talk about Danny Woodhead at all, or do you want to move on to Tier uh, 8? We talk about Danny Woodhead every year, every year, every day, every podcast. Let's move on. All right. <laughs> Continuously underdrafted and still is so far this year. Absolutely. And still productive. Absolutely. I, I, if the guy's healthy, he's a top 20, 25 in standard. Do you know that last year? top 10 in PPR. Last year was the first year I ever drafted Danny Woodhead to my team. Now, and this is the uh, one of my teams I won the championship in last year where we were talking about Michael Floyd earlier. Yeah. Uh, I had offered Charlie Don't Surf and his uh, and his partner Schmeagle. Schmeagle! Uh, uh, I had offered them. I said it was like a trade. I think I got from them. They gave me Allen Robinson. <laughs> this I is, This is crazy. And I had, I had given them like some running back and I'm like, I'll give you Michael Floyd. And, and they're like, no, we'll take Kamar Aiken instead. And it's like, again, it's some, some good, but the way that Floyd ran down the stretch, it was like, I'm like, guys, this would have been an even trade if you would have taken Floyd. And it said, I was starting Floyd, and he was getting me all kinds Sounds of Sounds like Schmeagle was more, he was more focused on trying to find the ring than trying to, than, than trying to find a championship. I right. got a question. Yeah. Why are you guys so low on Frank Gore? I don't, I, I, I you know what? The train has finally hit the station. And he's on a handcart right now. So, can I, can I see him move up? Yes. Right now. Can you get the high end production out of him? Are you right now? We're talking about running back 35. Right I know, now. but you know what? I'm just saying, if I'm, I'm looking at move up for right, me. So, but let's I am look in this it. tier. Frank Gore. running back 12 last season. I understand. And I'm, look. I've, I drafted Frank his Gore in my, in my... I drafted him when he was a rookie in my dynasty league. Had him for his eight backup years. is Robert Turbin and I know. Jordan Todman. I mean, can I, can I ask you a question? Is he with Andrew Locke? Do you like him more? Or do you think... Do you like him less? More. Okay. I, I think Gore can go up. He is a guy for me right now that I'm down on. Um, just because of age, just because I'm, I'm, I'm in my mindset, in my mental template, I'm thinking Luck's back and they're going to become this passing juggernaut and just be winging around. But maybe that even helps Gore. He's a third, three down back. I could see him moving up. And if he comes at a value, I like having him. But there is something about having him in my starting lineup as my running back two or something that really underwhelms me. But I know what it is for me. It's just that the time has passed. He's gonna be thirty. He's thirty three. He's gonna be. Is he gonna be thirty four? I think when when the the year's on. Um, so yeah, May fourth. He he's just tur- oh, he just he just turned thirty three. He's had so many miles on him, and it's just you know what it is is this, and he has continued to be a producer. I 
as far as career-wise, I couldn't have been more happy about rooting for a guy in, in his entire career. But am I going to hitch my wagon to this guy at the end of his career? In India, a team that just does not seem to, 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 to really focus on the run, and a guy that he needs... We've been talking about him, them lighting his load uh, while well, San Francisco is trying to make their, their championship runs, not give him so many carries because... I mean, in his career, I mean, what is it? Can I, can I say something? In the sixth round in our mock, here are some of the other guys. Can I say one thing real quick? Yeah. 2,702 carries in his career. All right? I, I understand. 11 years, 2,700 carries. He's the last carries. lead back. Yeah. And nobody wants him. And that's just and I like that. And he's in a you know potent offense where he was on pace to score seven times with Andrew Luck as the quarterback, and Andrew Luck, you know, sometimes they've got to hand it off near the red zone. Who? It's not anybody else going to take it. There's no Ahmad Bradshaw in town right now. I, I love it, and I like I said, I think Gore could move up. Here's the one thing I'll say: in the round that he went, and I'm thinking that this is like that last round that really had value. And this is just one mock, but I feel like this is where he's going to be going in most drafts. And this is he might be the best value in this round. I'm not saying yay or nay, but John Brown. I think I like Gore more than John Brown in the sixth round. Dante Moncrief. I, Dante Moncrief. I took him. I like the upside of Dante Moncrief, one of his teammates. Russell Wilson is who I, I believe you took, right? Okay. Uh, hold on. Let me just go on. Golden Tate's one of those guys. Tyler Eifert. Now, let's be honest. Quick thing I want to mention. We'll mention in the tight end podcast. But uh, Eifert was in there. Amir Abdullah. Woodhead. Blunt. You like uh, Devontae Parker, Greg Olson went in that round. Michael Floyd. So there's like a lot of guys, but that's like a that's like a guy. Oh, where these are guys. some these are some important. Re- I'm not saying anything about those guys. I'm saying draft Gore over the other crappy running backs. Okay, but here's what I'm saying. <laughs> I was just saying here's what going among some last. And this is this is red of talent. My telltale sign for Mr. Gore, um, career low, first time ever in his career below four yards of carry. 3.7 last year. That's concerning. Also, we just broke Did the streak. Did you know he averaged this is also half a yard more with Andrew Luck at quarterback than yep. not at quarterback? He also only had 967 rushing yards last year. And he didn't have Andrew Luck for half those He years. also had only had 967, and he's 33 years old. That's, and he's had 2,700 carries in his career. That impresses me. He almost had 1,000 yards. It is. Again. But you want to know what? When you're talking about as far as a lead back, there are secondary backs that are better. I'll say this. Stan well, I have Murray, more upside. I'm glad you piqued my interest on him because I'm a Niner guy. I love Agor. It's an interesting, it's an interesting I, it's discussion. A, it, it, no, it's, 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 I'm open to him because he, he's coming at a value where he Let's was, hasn't been before. Let's just where we had him ranked last yeah, year. No, exactly. How much has really changed except for him getting one year older and their offensive line getting better? Better. No, that's a good point. I agree. And great, also great eliminating point. a lot of their options by getting rid of some of the uh, other guys in this way. But there's less weapons. You got a Fleener's gone and, and a Johnson's I'm gone. I'm just telling you, a lot of youngsters. Just one of those I, like, it's good I got point. a real gut feeling about it. And it's, I was predicting his death when he, I traded he, him in 2011, and I was wrong. His current <laughs> he went up for 1,200 yards. But is I'm, the ninth round. Are you going to get a starting running back from any other team in the ninth round? No. But also, you're not going to get. But Gore is never going to give you any money. Okay, we, we know you know guys don't agree on that. Stag party. I like your point. Ninth round. This guy sounds fucking delightful. Now, the one scary thing, and it doesn't even sound like Arian Foster is really on their radar, like he is some others. If a Foster or someone starts getting signed, yeah. it changes things. But right now, ninth round, Frank Gore. 
Yes, please. Holla for a dollar. Great, great <laughs> point. Holla for a dollar. Um, all right, so this tier is tier eight, and this is 35 to 39. And this is Frank Gore is 35. Duke Johnson, 36. Arian Foster, 37. Darian Mc, Darren McFadden is uh, number 38. And CJ Rosas is sitting there at number 39. That seems pretty high for him, but uh, the upside's there for the team. Um, who wants to go with something? Foster? It's funny how... I can't even talk about Foster. I, I don't know. Here's what I was going to say. It's funny how some, in some instances we're willing to be like, he's not signed yet, but then you got a guy like Gordon and a Foster who's sitting here pretty high. And, he, and we can talk about age teams. with Gordon. It doesn't matter. But then it's like, oh, a Foster. I don't know what is going yeah, on. What, what's the difference in workloads? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sandbag and son of a bitch, Houdini. <laughs> you so... Sandbag? Who's that? I'm just kidding. Come on. Come on. Dude Johnson. Duke Johnson, out of all these guys, is, is someone that's You might getting... deserve a soundbite for that one. <laughs> yeah. Dirt to shit. What happened? Say what? <laughs> Say what? What happened there? I lost you on that one. Here we go. Was I insulted? <laughs> what are you doing? I'm burying you. Let the dirt just shower over you. Sand, <laughs> <laughs> let the sand just let shower the, all over. Let the dirt. <laughs> I actually saw the Revenant uh, this week's. Oh yeah, was it good? Yeah, they should have had during that one scene. They should have had that. That's sound. A- <laughs> all of a sudden, Step Brothers comes in. Uh, <laughs> give us a little. Well, well, before we go on with Duke Johnson and what's what Hugh's been talking about, who's the opening music and uh, what's what's the sound bites you're doing tonight? Obviously, I'm reprised Step Brothers for the uh, the sound bites. So you're welcome for that. Fuck you, Dale. Fuck you. And uh, the music is Chuck Brown. Uh, passed away in 2012. Um, amazing guy who did such a wide range of stuff, but he's he's one of the guys who's known for a subgenre of funk called go-go, and he was one of the innovators of go-go funk. Wow, very very cool. And you're gonna get a treat with the closer, uh, Bustin' Loose, probably one of my top five all-time favorite funk songs. Dope, dude, dope. When I when it when it started out, I heard Sinbad, right? Yeah, was that the Sinbad? Yeah, because he was he was doing all stuff throughout. You know, from he was born in 1936, died in 2012. Okay, because when I heard that, I was like, "Is this Char?" I thought this was Charlie Brown, uh, Eddie, or Charlie Murphy. Uh, this is why I had it wrong. That's what I was asking. Like, is this Charlie Murphy? Is this the guy from Public Enemy? All right, I'm psyched to hear this song. Amen. Duke Johnson, Stag Party. Are you on uh, with the with the hype where? Where um, don't 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 coach, don't believe the hype. When the coach is saying <laughs> that he's a, a three down back, are you are you buying it or are you staying away from Cleveland? From a guy who averages less than four yards a carry, no, I'm not buying that he's a three down back. I'm buying that he's a very good third down back, and but I also really still like Crowell. Like how he ended up finishing the season last year was sort of impressive, and I just think if they let him do what he's good at, don't ask him to do other things. And do, sort of do the same thing with Duke Johnson. They might have a light Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard. Yeah, and I think that, to your point, I, I the way I look at it for Hugh Jackson is if he can use him like he used Gio Bernard, and I look at it this way. This is very similar to where Gio was there with Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis. That's how I view Isaiah Crowell. I think this is a guy who, he's he shows some things, but it's just, Isaiah's not a guy that you're, 
running out to be, oh, so I gotta have this. He's guy. a younger Ben Jarvis Greenhouse. Yeah, he's Ben Jarvis Greenhouse two years age. earlier. That's about it. That's it. Yeah. I don't think he's as much of a plotter, but. I'm keeping my eye. I want to kind of stay away, but I'm also. But he's also not as steady as Ben Jarvis was. Ben Jarvis was like a guy, the law firm. You knew what you were gonna get out of him. Isaiah Crowell is a guy that's like he gives you some flashes, and then he just, you know, 14 carries for eight yards. Can I say this? And I I don't know why. I I don't know if I'm believing in RG three or whether it's gonna be a. Uh, um, a, a Josh McCown thing, or if it's a Hugh Jackson thing, or how, if I just love Corey Coleman, if this back, but there's something in Barnage and looking at his numbers, who I've been down on always, but looking at his TPWs and how he was able to just kind of put up basically top five tight end numbers almost every fucking week, uh, something tells me that this might be the year that things change for the better. I don't think they're there yet. I think they're a couple, few years away, a couple years away from actually doing something great. But I think the Browns, from a fantasy perspective and an offensive perspective, are going to surprise this year. I really do. I do, there's so many question marks there for me. I don't know. And 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 Hugh Jackson is not a guy. He's it's going to be up through the running game. So it's and they don't. Corey Coleman's your best wide receiver. So. Is Corey, if Corey Coleman and uh, so Josh Gordon are there? If and, Josh Gordon now, now if Josh Gordon's there, I will give it to you. But I, I aren't we all thinking Josh Gordon's playing this year? I think we if have. Not, he would, he no, would, I know. I got him. I got him high in my, in my as well. But I got a fear that here's the thing: if he's, he's playing not, this year, I hope so. He's I really, playing. I really this hope year. so. I really hope so because. The commissioner can't... Everything... I was. I, I want to see how interesting it is in drafts and in auctions when, when Josh Gordon's there because that guy intrigues like nobody else. So, and he would do so much to help everybody else on that offense if he's there. So, I hope he is. I really I hope RG3 he is. think RG3 can kind of so. be serviceable. They got a good offensive line. Anyway, I'm just saying, I think the Browns could serve surprise. Uh, Stags, I know you like CJ... Uh, or if there's anybody else you want to talk about in this tier eight at the running back position, go for it, bro. Nope. 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 <laughs> All right, let's go on to tier number nine, and let's uh, close. And then we're going to close it out here for running backs. We're going to close uh, it out for running backs. Houdini. Uh, we're, we're all going to we're all going to take off, and uh, that's that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Houdini, will, go Houdini will not be here while you guys discuss. Uh, in the next pot, oh yeah. Um, shut up. No, I'm trying to give you a space in your, in your, in your thing there. Um, Silence would have worked as yeah, well. Yeah, that's better. All right, well, no one else is being silent. Okay, you definitely aren't. Hold I know, on. I need, I need shut to go home. the fuck up for a minute. I'm trying to end it. You're being loud. Um, okay. One, two, three. All right, tier number nine. I hate the way it starts out with Justin Forsett. I'm just not in on it at all. And these guys, this is going to be four, five players uh, from running back 40 to running back uh, 44. And that's Justin Forsett at 40, Rashad Jennings at 41, Derrick Henry at 42, Javarius Buck Allen at 43, and D'Angelo Williams at 44. I like the, the last two guys in there the most. Um, with D'Angelo Williams, just because, hell, uh, Bell could easily go down again. And uh, Buck Allen, uh, what's how do you not like that guy more I'll than Forsett? I'll tell you how you don't like him. 
because okay. of a guy who's rated in our tiers at number 53, and that's Kenneth Dixon. And that's a guy who is, in this year's draft class, the best pass-catching back out of this draft class. So, can Buck Allen, the thing for Buck for me is, can he transition Buck to the trend? Buck the trend and become the lead back. Because that's the way that, it, that he's going to need to be in order for him to have a, a real value. Is that He's going to have to displace Justin Forsett. And say, look, step over, old man. I'm the young guy coming through. Let me in. And then you're going to have Kenneth Dixon, who's going to be that uh, third down, change of pace, uh, receiving back, who is so much better and more dynamic at it. And it fits perfectly into Mark Trestman's offense. So uh, we talked about Baltimore as a uh, backfield to avoid in our last podcast. I'm telling you, the only guy that I'm really focusing on, and I'm a guy who drafted Buck Allen in some dynasty leagues last year, uh, I, I want Ken Dixon. I'd agree with that. I mean, the thing is, now they're saying that Justin Forsett's, you know, the guy who's going to get the first shot at the backfield, get the first shot to be the first and second down back, and then the third down back will sort of figure out itself. Uh, you know, so I, I'm probably avoiding all their running backs, maybe Kenneth Dixon late. But besides that, in this tier, you know, the only guy I might want is Rashad Jennings. You know, he's not sexy or anything right now. But right now, he's got a lock on the first and second down work. And then, you know, does anybody else have a lock on work? Sort of when we get this low in tiers. Rashad Jennings isn't being highly drafted. He's sort of, he's not sexy at all. But he's got a chance for a nice workload that none of these guys, other guys really have. Except for maybe Forsett. Yeah, (sighs) you know, and again, and Forsett. You know, the whole Baltimore backfield, just it's its just one that I don't really want a piece of. Rashad Jennings is a guy, again, that just has been and also ran in, in, in uh, a second, uh, second back in so many different offenses. He's never been a guy that, that has proven that he can last a whole season with the full workload. Um, D'Angelo Williams is a guy that has and is a guy that showed last year when given the opportunity is great, but he's playing behind Le'Veon Bell. I mean, that's the only thing that matters. In games with Le'Veon Bell in the lineup, he did next to nothing. Like, he's not worth even being a considered player with Le'Veon Bell in the lineup. Right. I mean, he averaged like four attempts a game for 18 yards and one catch for seven yards. So here's the thing. Here's the guy that we're going to disagree on just because of where where we each feel about the other guy. Derrick Henry and DeMarco Murray. You're more into DeMarco and believe that he's going to get all these touches. I'm not saying that I think Derrick Henry is going to be a guy that's going to, you know, be a 160, 170 carry guy on the season. Maybe he's probably going to be 125 to 150. But what he is going to get is going to get red zone carries. And and I, I just, I see him being a poacher. And if he's poaching six touchdowns, well, you know what? Then of all the guys that are sitting here in this tier, I think Justin Forsett, just because of the early season, you have the opportunities, and you're going to get a potential guy who's who, who has shown some flashes, and we'll see what they how they feel about him. Um, you maybe get some early play out of him, but if you want the long play out of this group, I'd say it's D'Angelo Williams and Derrick Henry. I think those are the two guys that I think, just based on history for D'Angelo and based on potential for Henry 
and the potential for the Titans with the young team to say, you know what, DeMarco, you're not fitting into to what we're doing. We're going to go with the young guy who's going to listen to what the coach says. If that happens again to DeMarco Murray, but you that, know what it's going to be like trends are happening. Obviously, DeMarco is kind of works his way out of favor, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. He's saying all the right things, but I agree with you. Know, I, but he's saying the right things, but it's also one of those things. That how does it meld in the locker room? Is he... I don't, we don't know. I don't think he's a selfish player either. I don't. I don't. You know. But but as far as we haven't seen where he's pushed to, where you where, where you're being touted as the guy in Dallas, and all of a sudden then you're jettisoned out, right? And you're gone. You're, you're no, he was jettisoned. No, he, he left. Signed, he no, he, he left. left. He signed. But he left. He but made he, that mistake. But he left and and had everything like figuring that he's he still going to be the man, and then he wasn't the man there. His fault. And now all of a sudden he's caught in this. Everything was trending upward, and then it's just like he hit a plateau, and then it's a, it's a base dive that he's done down. If I was going to say a lock from a career chip, standpoint, it's it, but it, it's a Chip Kelly factor. Chip Kelly, I think, Maybe. was playing games and doing all that. Anyway, it, it doesn't really matter because uh, Derrick Henry's a great player. They got good value. I think they have something in in, in plans and the works for him. But for a Heisman Trophy winner, he doesn't scare me for Demarco. But he's a good handcuff, because if Demarco does play his way out of favor, if Demarco does get banged up, which is something earlier in his career was happening, uh, then all of a sudden now you're you're sitting there on a team that uh, is relying on Derrick Henry even as a rookie, um, and you're able to get him super at a super value pick. What's what's uh, what's Derrick Henry's ADP right now at the running back position without putting you on the spot? While still doing 113. It. I mean, well, I mean, come on. <laughs> that's, that's, that feels pretty good, dude. Running right? Back 42. Feels pretty good. It might if he's getting those. Uh, if he's getting so those he's goal line higher than what we're, where we have him ranked. So he's going higher. So if we if he's going, <coughs> but if he's getting those goal lines that you think he might just be getting inherently, but if something goes on, and I think we've talked about it at length, and we saw it last year with a lot of players, you want to pickups, a lot of pickups. You need to grab guys and just kind of take the shot and just hope. No one wants an injury, but you take some of these running backs, and if the situation proves itself and you got the guy, holla for Dallas. Not only that, the other key point is take a guy that is a veteran that wants to win, right? And they're in a situation where they're not winning. Things are just not going right. And some guys just aren't able to play for a team that's not winning, and they just they just pack it in. You just screw it. I'm not. I'm not going to give all my effort if if these guys around me, whatever. It's you like, think Demarco's going to do that? He's you a don't guy, have much confidence in Demarco's I don't. character. No, I. You know what? I think I, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not trying to shoot his character down. But what I'm saying is this: You're going to Tennessee. You're going to a team that is not a proven winner. You're going from Dallas with this awesome offensive line. You're going to a team in Tennessee that they're rebuilding their offensive line as well. And they and they, they added a couple of guys last year. So their line should be better this year also. Was it uh, Taylor uh, Luan or whatever? Who a couple years ago. A couple years, but they, they have these guys there in place is what I'm saying. It's better when you have these guys that they've been drafting these, these offensive guards and linemen in their first couple rounds before you get there than having to have that rookie. But... DeMarco, to me, is a guy that I don't know. I mean, we haven't seen what that adversity... You know, we saw it last year, and we, what did we see? We saw we, 
there was public stuff came out. But and that's, that's not that good. Was, but I know it's Chip Kelly. And it was, I know, I know. And it wasn't Dallas. And, and it's all this stuff. I understand, but it, it could be Chip Kelly. It could be this. It could be whatever. But the fact remains, it's out there. Chip Kelly. And now he comes into out. this situation. What happens if Tennessee starts out slow and they go one and three out of the gate, and all of a sudden then the, the, the team starts looking at it, or maybe they're at a point where they're two and five or something, and say, you know, the chances of us making the playoffs for this. We are going to just start giving Derrick Henry an extra five touches a game, and how does that affect Demarco? I like I like Derrick Henry for all those reasons. I don't think that's going to be the way it plays out, but I like Derrick Henry at the value he's at. Do you like Derrick Henry at the value he's at? No, he's not a very good running back. No, I, I, I think it, I think I think at forty two, I think we have him ranked. Do you see better. the footwork and that vine, the vine on him this week with his footwork? No. Oh my god, it's, it's fucking oh, or it's hilarious. Bad. It's good humor, but the footwork on him in the OTAs do, going it's, through it's the not, little, it's not good. It was good feet. It was absolutely hilarious. Like he would go, do it, and he'd be like, ah, oh, and he'd start over, and you could, you were just looking like this guy's a highest trophy winner. Like he's not that talented a running back. He's just a big motherfucker. He's a big dude, but again, if he, if if they and again. The scary part for him is Mariota is a guy who's going to be able to poach touchdowns from him too. Let's move on. Let's move on. We're talking too much about the Titans. Do we? This is kind of where we're closing it out, anyways. Is there anyone else we want to talk about here? Nope. Tier nine. We've done it. Other guys that are deeper, we're not going to talk about it. If you want to know them, you got to buy our draft kit. You got to uh, buy Pyro Pro so you can see our our rankings and go deeper. Anyway. Good friggin' times talking about our tiers, our collective tiers, important. We focused in on the wide receiver and the running back tonight. Um, I think, obviously, those are the most two important positions in fantasy football. Like hearing your insight. Like hearing your insight. Liked, I liked drinking some Fist Cities and giving a little bit you of You like hearing myself. your own insight as well? Yeah. I enjoyed it. I just listened to myself. <laughs> well, I enjoyed your insight too, so that's all I'm letting you know. We enjoy one another's company. Anyway, on a Wednesday night at the end of May, on a beautiful day that actually ended with rain, but it was an awesome, awesome day and the weather's been sweet. We're still de- delivering the fantasy goo for you, doing what it takes year-round to give you the information and give you the knowledge to be fantasy football champions. Stick with us. If you're new with us from Blog Talk Radio and you're just getting a feel for us, yes, we are a different type of show. It's like hanging out with your buddies. We're drinking beers. The show's almost three hours long. It's a different deal. But stay with us. We go deeper than anybody else. We get we give we we just we just do not skim and we're not trying to just give you the big picture. We're giving you the minutiae. It's a hundred dollar bar tab. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but God bless you guys. Always a pleasure hanging out with you, Houdini. Stag party. This is Pyromaniac.com, show 228. The Pyro Collective Tears out. And Closing out, Chuck Brown, just like we do here, we bustin' loose.
It's such power. It's raw power. Dad, what are you doing? It's Shark Week. Okay, here's the deal. You have one month to find jobs or you're out in your asses. I will arrange interviews for Monday and you will go. Dad, why are you talking to me like this? I'm your son. I'm not buying that crap anymore. You yelled rape at the top of your lungs. Well, I honestly thought I was going to be raped for a second. He had the craziest look in his eyes. And at one point he said, let's get it on. That was about the fighting scene. I'm so not a raper. All right, that's it. You two guys leave me no choice. No television for a week. What? We are so serious. Guys. They're hot. Are you out of your minds? Goes in Robert's wall safe. And it's going to stay there. No. Okay. This house is a prison.